let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions and it's our revisited special where we're going to look back over a whole host of things this week. Beers, breweries, untapped. Yes. To name three. Un- untapped in, in, in particular, that will be uh, the feature of the show uh, a, a little bit later on. Of course, last time we did that, hopefully listeners will remember that we were sat with friends from Beer Nomicon going through the ten untapped commandments, which we... We'll be revisiting. Uh, be revisiting, and may not be in stone anymore. <laughs> yeah, we, we may be changing a few of those. <laughs> um, so, what have you been up to in this last week, mate? Um, not too much. Um, I popped into the parcel yard, the, uh, the Fuller's Pub at King's Cross last week, to meet up with a couple of ex-colleagues, and revisited two old favourites of mine. One was the Fuller's ESB, which was uh, a tasting as good as ever, in my opinion. And, um, but one I hadn't had for a few years, actually, was the Gales HSB. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that about. Um, and I've, it's very, obviously very different. You know, it uses the Gales yeast versus the Fuller's yeast, and the, the, the Gales yeast has got quite a fruity, fruity tang to it, like a really dark, malty fruit. Um, both were tasting really good. Really, you know, they, they do look after their cask up there. So I was going to say, the parcel yard do know how to look after a cask. Beer, uh, yeah, right? I think so anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's what I always look for. Um, I also tried um, a beer from Long Man Brewery, their Old Ale, okay. which came in around about 4%. Um, I've just written down here, it was good enough for a second pint. Well, that's, that, that's a if sign willing, in itself. If you're willing to it, part really? with cash again, yeah. I think it's always a good sign. Um, and then on Friday, I was, I was going to go to the Amps class at, at work. And um, then I got an email from our creative director, the one and only uh, Clayton. And he um, sent me a list of the beers that were being presented by the Hop Locker, the pop-up shop, or permanent pop-up shop, over at South Bank Centre. And I resisted the first email. And then he sent another email. And then he sent a third email. Just all, all you could see was the list again. And it was a pretty impressive list, actually, um, of beers. So we did go over there, um, and um, we froze, because where it is on the South Bank is in between the South Bank Centre and the Royal Festival Hall. Brilliant view across the Thames, but when it's windy and cold, it's a bit chilly. <laughs> um, however, one of the guys serving behind the bar, one of Joel's friends, was wearing a T-shirt. And I was like, what? How are you doing that? Yeah, in the middle how, of winter. How, yeah, it, middle of winter, where it's ice-cold wind. I had shirt, hoodie, jacket... And I think I'd then put the hoodie up and put my gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I tried a couple of nice beers actually. I had my first burnt milk, uh, which was quite nice. I had the, uh, it was a DDH IPA, so it was very fruity, very full-bodied. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice. And I picked up a few of their cans of uh, more sessionable strength one. The DDH, I think it was around 6%. Um, they had Colonel India Pale Ale there, so I had to have a half of that. Of because course, it was there. Because it's on, yeah. And it was delicious. Um, and but the best beer was, um, and I only had a third of this. I, I hasten to add, was um, Bible Belt, an MP double stout, whichever you want to call it, from Prairie. Had some wonderful, lovely those dark flavours, like you know the chocolate and the coffee and stuff. So smooth and none of the alcohol burn. Oh, lovely! It was absolutely yeah. delicious. Um, and that's really about it from from me actually. First first evening Friday lunchtime. Well, it's, it's, it's more than me, because that, I've not been out. I've kind of been, I think, saving myself a little bit for, for, for this week and, and what's to come. But um, a few beers that, that I've had at home that I, I wanted to give a mention to. 
Um, firstly, a couple of weeks back, Northern Monk released their latest uh, specials, which was a, a, a pair of beers called Death and Glory. One, one was called Death, the other called Glory. Um, Glory was, um, I think it was something like an 11%, 10, 11% triple IPA. Okay. And Death was a 12 point something percent Imperial Stout. So um, I, I leaped in when, when they popped up on their website and, and bought one of the, the, the triple IPAs and two of the stouts. How did the triple IPA stand up? I mean, well, I suppose uh, Unhuman Cannibal is around about that percentage, isn't it? Uh, it is. It's, it's about, about the same percent. Yeah, we're how, in that range. How did it sort of marry up to say that? Um, it was it was it was all right. Um, it was more on it was. For me, it was lacking bitterness, so it was leaning more towards the New England style of, okay. of, of IPA. Um, still tasty enough beer, though. Um, but I, d- I don't think it's one that will hang around in the cans in, in terms of its freshness. Right, I think okay. you're really going to need to drink that one fresh. Um, and I did then drink the, the, the death as well, one of the deaths, because I wanted to drink it fresh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it needs some time. Uh, okay, I, I think it's it's everything's there uh, about it. It's big, it's bold, it's in your face. It's got this massive roasted bitterness to it. I just think it needs time for those flavours just to sit and just calm down. And, or just get a bit more mellow. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've, I've tucked one of those uh, away for. Um, probably gonna. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably gonna appear in my twelve beers Christmas. Shut up. And it's probably gonna be the first ever can to make an appearance as well. So I can't believe you've yeah. been talking about it. I'm February. always thinking about it. I know, but talking about it. <laughs> um, I then enjoyed uh, from more uh, Ray of Light, which was a double IPA, uh, and again, this was part of their kind of unofficial Star Wars series that they've done. Yeah. So it was Ray, as in R E Y. Yeah. And that was stunning. I mean, for a double IPA in a can, um, it was thick, it was full-bodied, it had beautiful caramel pine notes to it, and the conditioning on it was was amazing. Whatever it is more are doing with their cans is making me want to drink more and more of them. No, no pun intended. No pun intended. All pun intended. Depending uh, yeah, on yeah, what you want to look at. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think some some of the some of the beers they brought out in the last six to nine months have been fantastic. Um, and obviously, you know the uh, the Crimbo Crawl. If we're going to talk about Christmas, is is in Bristol, and more will definitely be up there. They're, worth they're a definitely going to be on the list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, then just a couple of other beers. I had um, another of the the, the Almisty beers from from up north. Uh, this was their single hop Simcoe IPA, which, which was simply stunning. It was crisp, it was bitter, and it was everything that you want from an IPA. Coming in at about six and a half percent. Cool. Absolutely perfect. Three thirty mil can, completely smashable. Um, and then the last one that I want to mention was I bought the oh, well before Christmas. Brewdog released a, a series of beers. In, I think it was initially through EFPs only, mm-hmm. which was the Hello My Name Is series. Oh yeah, I saw you nine a, beers. Saw you had a couple of those. Yeah, each of them only due to be released in their um, sort of country of origin so so each beer was from a different country had a name relating to that country and then had an ingredient that was was known for by that country okay sort of thing and i've got to say on the whole 
I've been completely disappointed with the series. It's been absolute. Some of the beers have been absolutely shocking. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I did have one at the weekend though, which was called "Hello, My Name Is um, Sorry," which I think was a Bilberry infused double IPA. Now I had to look up what a Bilberry was. Yeah. Um, and it looked like a blueberry to, okay. to me in, in the pictures. Looks like it's part of the blueberry family. Um, and it was quite nice. It was actually it. It had. Uh, I think my notes on Untapped said that the, the nose was like a blueberry muffin. It, it had quite a, a, a sweet kind of biscuity nose, and then it, the, the bitterness really worked out. So, how many out of the series have you tried? Uh, that was number seven. There's there's two more in my fridge. That so seven out of nine so far, and one you've really enjoyed, and one that's been standout. Yeah, the rest of them have been. Average is, is even a push for some of them. Some of them have been... There, there was one which was a, a, a cherry one. I mean, their specials can be a bit hit and miss because their, um, their AB abstract can be a bit... I say bit, probably very up and down, actually. Yeah. Also, depending on when you had them as well. A- absolutely, yeah. I, I did have... I did revisit one of the last AB releases, actually, which, which was the, uh, the bur- bourbon-aged barley wine. Uh, three months on since the last time I've had it and that's beginning to get a little bit better okay. it's taken a, on a lot more of the bourbon characteristics in that and it's softening right out that's 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 coming on really nicely I've got one more of those which I'll probably give at least another six months to before I before see I how, how, how it carries on yeah so but the last two I've got in my fridge I think one of them is one of them is a Loganberry, which again I had to find out what that was. I've heard of that one. I hadn't heard of the bit. A Loganberry seems to be the bastard love child of a raspberry and a blackberry. Okay. Um, and the other one is a, is an elderflower one, which is I'm guessing if I had to put my money on it, that'll be the last one that I drink, because that's the one I'm least excited about. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, a bit hit and miss with the beers this week, but like I say, some some real some real standouts. Yeah. In in there as well. Some decent ones to try though. Yeah, yeah. I'm just just slowly working away through the beers at home. Just you, you know, as you do. Yeah, you mean when we've run out of money because of January, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, um, right. So we're going to move on, and this is going to be uh, something new that, that we're going to try in in the show. Um, and this is a section that we're going to call the list. You just made the list. So um, this is on the back of uh, the discussion that we were having in the last show which was a suggestion by James at Gammon Barron, who asked the question of which beers do we think work really well across all dispense methods. Yeah, and he, he had had Roosters, hadn't he? Uh, Roosters, yeah, yeah. One of the beers from Roosters. Which one was it? He said. Uh, Baby-Faced Assassin. Yeah, and I, to be, I couldn't disagree with him. No, I don't think either of us could. And I think we threw a few names into the hat initially. Yeah. But I kind of went away and thought, actually, we can play around with this. And um, so we asked for a little bit of listener feedback as well. Um, so, so we got a little bit of that. So I, I've got my list. You've got your list. Mm-hmm. Um, let's put together the list. Um, okay. So what have you got on yours? Okay, so we'll go with the, the one I mentioned last week, which is Jaipur. Yep. Uh, oh, that's, that's on my list as well, so I'm going to tick that one Okay, off. so it's cask, keg, bottle. I think, I think it... Cask is still my preferred... But the, if you get fresh keg, fresh bottle, there really isn't much in it, to be honest. I'm quite happy to have any of those dispense methods. Um, next up for me was a beer you actually mentioned you did have at the weekend, which you weren't too fussed about, and that was the Adnams Jack Brand Mosaic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you had it on cars at your local spoons. Um, I did. I just found it a little bit thin. 
I had it on cask um, a couple of weeks ago at the Token House at Fuller's Pub near me at work, and it was blinding. Um, and this beer will get mentioned again later on when we talk about untapped. Um, I would say again, cask, keg, and bottle. I am very happy to have the mosaic mm. from 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 Adams. Um, before I carry on, in case a few more tick your boxes, what else have you got on your list? Well, the, the few that I mentioned last week, um, which I'm just going to revisit. So uh, again, keeping on the Adams theme, I'm, I'm going to stick with my um, ghost ship. Which I think I, I believe I disagreed with. You did disagree with because you don't like it on keg. No. Although what I will say about it is that it is cask, keg, bottle and can. Yes. So it does tick all four boxes as availability. And I think it works across all four. I and really do. I think keg is the, the poorest relation to all. I, I do agree with that. I, I would put keg at the end. Yeah. I, I would probably so go, go cask, bottle, yeah. can, keg. That, that would be exactly exactly why I do it. Um, Magic Rock Common Grounds, which uh, is on cask, keg, and can. Yeah, see, I think I've only had it on cask and from the can. Yeah. I don't think I've had keg version. You'd know if, if you know cast version. A cast you version, had the cast version at the tap room. You had the cast version. Yeah, room, so I've never I've never had the keg version. But you had the keg version of the Kentucky Common Grounds. Yes, which was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the other one that I mentioned as, as well was Sonoma um, Track Sonoma, which brilliant shout. Just works amazing. But you've had the bottle recently as well. Haven't you? I have had the bottle recently, and, and it's tasted incredible out of the bottle. I mean that's pretty good because we both had, we both had the cask and keg before and yeah. both big fans of that so for them to be able to transmit that to the bottle as well yeah well done very well done um, so I've got a few more what, what else what else so have I've you got, got uh, on yours there? I've got Bengal Lancer from Fuller's cask keg and bottle that's a great shout I, I hadn't even thought about that one um, Oakham Green Devil yeah again cask keg and bottle I think it's fantastic across all three. I think that strength of flavour that comes from that beer. See, on that one, I would put cask at the bottom of, of the... Yeah, the, I know, because especially after that night where the Allen House put it on for us on a bottle share night, yeah, on the cake. on cake. <laughs> it was Stop. fantastic. Yeah, loopy juice. And the, and the last one, and I've only had it on uh, keg once, is the same all-stool proper job. And we had it on keg at the All Tech Festival last year in Dublin. We did. And we were both quite taken by it. It was incredible. Saying, this yeah. really works. Yeah. Um, and I would say that that's another one which works really well. Yes, over the format. That, that's that's my list of five on that one. Okay. Well, I've I've got I've got three more. Okay. Um, I've got Magic Rocks High Wire, which works fantastically across all three dispense methods. Each method brings something just a little bit different to that beer. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I've got in a very similar vein, five points parallel, as as, as well, which works across all three dispense methods. Yeah, yeah well. that's a very good change. You can, and, and I think previously you could have got that in bottle as well. Yeah. So possibly another one that's only available across all four. And, and then the other one for me, and, and honestly, mate, this isn't sticking the boot in, but I've got Buxton's Axe Edge as, as well. Oh, you bastard. Because <laughs> you tried it up in Manchester, didn't you? I've, I've had it I've had it twice. On cask. On cask. It's almost like it's a completely different beer on cask. But it just tastes so amazing. It's it's more whereas the keg and the bottle are very very hop forward and that that's what dominates. The cask is very more malt driven, and and just the, the other ingredients come out. 
Yeah, I still would. That would definitely be what if there was a beer I needed to tick off in cast version. That, that would be, be it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so those are our yeah, ones. Yeah, okay, there's some really good ones there, actually. Yeah. I, I have to admit, love the question. I oh, know, it, it was a great question. So yeah. thank, thanks, James, though. Thanks for inspiring this new yeah. section of the show as well. Um, we did have uh, one listener come back to Paul, um, unsurprisingly, <laughs> at you and RCD. Um, he also put in a shout for Magic Rocks High Wire. Uh, and also uh, said about Redwell's West Coast Pal as, as well, which we had to check beforehand if, yeah. if it was available on all dispensaries. Yeah, I wasn't sure myself, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I've had the, the West Coast Pal from Redwell in the can quite a few times, actually, because yeah. it's quite readily, readily available in Tesco and maybe Morrison's. But, you um, can get it in Aldi now, it's 129 a can in Aldi. Blimey, that's not bad. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I think I may have had it on draft, but I don't think I've ever had it on cask. Yeah. So Paul, Paul is obviously willing to try cask every now and again. He cask is, yeah, is he's, his preferred he's not format. a big cask fan, is he? No, so, you know. so he's dipping his toe in. So, <laughs> so, so that's that's our definitive list of um, beers that we think work across all dispense methods. Um, like I said, we're going to give this segment a go, but it's it's going to need uh, you folks, the listeners, to to help us with the content on it so the question that we're asking for our next episode next episode if I can get my words out this this is before we start drinking I know. Um, is which three beers would you recommend to someone to try so if you had to recommend three beers which three would they be and we've already got ours because beautifully segueing into the news it's almost like you planned it I, I, I know is um is is the first news item that we're going to talk about which is us us yeah it's all it's about us it's, isn't it <laughs> isn't it so um, why are we talking about us mate well because um a little while ago we're actually probably before christmas wasn't it i think or is it, no was it start of jan just after christmas yeah, yeah. um shortlist uh, which is a free paper publication which certainly you can get lots in london and I'm presuming elsewhere as well. They also do an online version. And um, they approached us, plus some um, blogger, beer bloggers and beer shops, independent beer shops, I think about 12 in total, um, because they wanted to basically do a, right, January's out of the way, you may have been daft enough to be dry, here's some beers we've recommended. So uh, we, me and Steve went back and forth between us, and obviously, to start off, we obviously came up with more than three beers. <laughs> it was quite the long list when we yeah. first started. So, so wasn't we, it? you know, we got there in the end, though. Um, but the, uh, you know, so I'm gonna the, the beer I was definitely in favour of mentioning um, was the uh, Formbridge Dry Pour, because again, going back to the previous list, it is very good in all its dispense methods, but also it is. Fairly readily available in a few places these days, supermarket, I say Waitrose and M&S. Yeah. Um, and I think that was also common amongst the next couple of ones we chose as well. We wanted really to go for beers that, if you're going to get out of the January, if you have been doing dry January, for whatever strange reason you may have had, um, these beers you can actually get hold of pretty readily, pretty easily. Yeah, I, I think I think that was what you and I were working for. Yeah, towards. that's definitely what, what was, we, was, that was it? our thing, wasn't it? We were, we were very conscious of, because I, I think we approached it with a view to our listenership as well in terms of, we've got listeners up and down the country and, and outside mm. of the UK as well. And actually, if we're recommending beers that, that, that we're suggesting people should try, then those beers need to be readily available pretty much anywhere in the country, which Jaipur certainly is. Yeah, plus shortlist isn't a geek 
magazine really it's, it's not, not a really geek publication no so uh, no. yeah so Jaipur was my one I definitely wanted to that, throw that in. was the one you was you absolutely wanted on the list yep. the, the one that I absolutely <laughs> wanted on the list was Northern Monk's New World IPA yep. uh, again because of its availability you can get it at almost every train station and it's a fantastic beer and, and it's a great beer and then the third one we went back and forward over yeah. um, and we eventually settled on I think oh, it was your suggestion wasn't yeah, it yeah it was so it was the, uh, the five points railway porter um, you know again we'd gone Jaipur New World IPA both come from further up the country from where we are but I do believe that Railway Porter is one of the best examples of a UK porter at the moment. Yeah. And it's bloody consistent as well. Um, it's a beautiful beer on cask. Just don't see it. I don't mm-hmm. see it often. Um, but because they do, it is in bottles, I think it travels pretty well. And it's so nice. Such a, what is it? It's under 5% still as well, isn't it's it? Under, yes, 4.6. Yeah, which like makes that. it a, a beer you can it's have a couple a of. session porter. Yeah, almost, session porter. Yeah. It's a new style. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was definitely very keen again for us to do that. But we, we did go back and forth on a few different beers, but I think we both agreed on that one in the end once yeah. the suggestion had come out. Yeah. Um, and, and there are another, on that article, uh, links will be in the show notes there are another 28 beers rec- uh, recommended as well it's well worth a read because yeah. there's, there's a range of beers in, in there all your well. styles are covered yeah a- absolutely all your styles are covered yeah. and um, you know there may, there may be a few places in there that I mentioned that you haven't heard of before as well like beer shops which you know may, may tickle your fancy yeah but yeah so we'd, we'd love to hear listeners thoughts though on what three beers they'd recommend yeah, definitely. for the next list as well definitely I mean it was probably no surprise that we ended up with a uh, well, basically, two two IPAs and a, and a porter. Yeah, no, no surprise whatsoever. Which is quite a nice, again, almost seamless there, mate. Yeah, I know. In, into <laughs> listeners couldn't have uh, couldn't have not heard what was going on in the background while you was yeah. trying to so read what, through that. While I was chatting, a beer got open. So what we got? We've got um, this is Snake Oil Double IPA from Renegade, Renegade Brewery. It's a seven point five percent beer, four forty mil can. Um, which we've featured Renegade kind of featured them before because they are part of West Berkshire yeah. Brewery and back on episode 28 of Opinions we had Ruth with us from West Berkshire who was talking us through the whole of the Berkshire scene yeah. and their brewery but let's have a taste of this beer and then we'll come back to, to the brewery a little bit more cheers, cheers. Okay, that doesn't taste seven point five percent. No, it doesn't. First thing I'm going to say off the bat there again is none of no alcohol burn. It's it's got quite a that that sort of toffee caramel is coming through at the moment. Yeah. Um, There's a real blast of um, like pine freshness on the nose though. Yeah, and also the um, I think that piney residue sort of comes in at the end as well. Yeah, sort of make so I think in the middle you get that sweetness which is where you get I think the, the alcohol being yeah. hidden at the end of it that piney resonance really starts to come through doesn't it there's a real it's coming now actually there's a real dry bitterness in there mm. that, that is really pulling out all it almost feels like a bit of an old school old school old school dipper well it is and I think I think I think hope is, is that what they've sort of I think that's for? what they've aimed for yeah um, I mean that is I'm really enjoying drinking that it's a good start it, my, my initial thinking is I'm glad we've got um, a can each. I'm, I'm glad we've got a can each, and we are um, we are grateful to to Matt who uh, Matt Chinnery, who now it also appears on the show every now and again. But yeah, so speaking, speaking of revisited, yeah, <laughs> speaking of revisited, yeah, he he now works for West 
uh, Berkshire Brew. So yeah. he he bought or gave us these cans to to try on the show, and we are yeah. we are grateful for that. But um, yeah, I mean, nice ca- nice carbonation as well. It's a nice carbonation, lovely colour. It's it's light in the mouth as well. Mm. It's not fizzing in the mouth. It's it's really well balanced. It is crystal clear as as well, which is something that I like. You know. Yeah, I like to see that in a bit. And um, hats off because when we went to the uh, like the Renegade launch in London that time, they were hoping to get this out, weren't they? Yeah, they pulled it, didn't they? But they pulled it because yeah. they felt it wasn't ready. So I'm going to say kudos for them for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Because it would have been easy to say, well, okay, we're told we're a few people know about this double IPA, we're going to put it on, but they said no, we're not happy, it's not ready, it's not going on. That's um, that is completely smashable. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe drinking that a little bit too fast. Yeah, maybe, maybe you should read something else, Steve. I, I think so, yeah. yeah more, more, more reading, less More drinking. talking, Steve. Um, so we've, we've heard uh, in the last week that um, Bradley Cummings, who is the uh, co-owner, founder of, of Tiny Rebel um, Brewery, um, basically set, put out a blog called uh, Make Camera Great Again in which he was setting out his stall um, to run for one of the 12 seats on their national executive. Mm. Um, so that, that news dropped. I think I think you actually... Yeah, I spotted it last week. Yeah, you Thursday messaged Friday, me. Friday, I messaged you about this. it. Um, and, and then since then, um, he's actually released a manifesto as well, which is... Oh, this is the bit I haven't seen, but you've got a lot of paper in front of you. It's 22 pages. Bloody hell. Um, oh, he's not taking the piss then. He's, well... Maybe well, <laughs> maybe he is, but yeah, he's yeah. still well. All right, I'll rephrase that. He's still putting time and effort into yes. his manifesto. He, he is. I mean, what? I'm not going to read through it all, obviously, because this isn't. This we, is haven't enough, we haven't got enough beers for that. Yeah, um, but it, his opening line in the introduction was, um, "I didn't need to write such a detailed manifesto. All I need to do is submit up to a thousand words, plus a three hundred word version for publication in What's Brewing magazine next month." Um, he then goes on to say that he's got ideas, loads of them that he wants to, to get across. And then goes on to talk, and this is an interesting, I didn't know this, um, camera has more members than the Conservatives, the Lib Dems, the SNP and any political party that doesn't share membership with trade unions. Those members and those ideas deserve a bit of detail. So he sets out his stall. Well, camera, uh, camera is around about the 200,000 mark these yeah. days. And it is still the single biggest consumer group if you're talking about just one product. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I will put a link in the show notes to the full document if you've not seen it, but I'm just going to pull out a few points that I... I, I quickly, Great, first of all, what do you think about him standing? I think it's, I think it's great. Um, I, but I'm saying that having read the manifesto in, in, in which he states very, very clearly on a number of occasions that he doesn't want to be on the outside shouting in. He'd rather be on the inside affecting change. Which is what came out from his original announcement about yeah. doing it. He wants to do inside out rather than outside in. Yeah. So rather than, uh, you know, just saying, oh, I don't like it and walking away, he is at least going to make an effort. It sounded like, um, from his post on Thursday, that he's frustrated. And that comes through. In, in the manifesto. In the manifesto. The tone of it is a very frustrated one, um, but then he does go on to put forward a number of proposals and essentially lay out what he's going to do to, or what he'd like to do. Okay, so we, what, what sort of headlines have we got? Um, so, um, again, within the introduction, uh, camera's been setting its ways for a long time. 
but I believe a majority of its membership wants to hit the reset button. I am the reset button. Um, he then goes on to talk about the revitalisation project being a horse design committee and the proposals are camel. I'm not sure I'll get that analogy, but... Nor do I. It sounds like the Eric Canton R. Sardines thing. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, um, you know, I, I, I still maintain that five years ago, I don't think that revitalisation campaign would have even got off the ground. No, but he then does go on to say that the average age of the, that the people in the revitalisation project is nearly 53 years old and it's already taken more than two and a half years. The changes will be already be outdated if and when they ever come into force. Very frustrated. Yeah, very frustrated. But I think I think we had that frustration. But then, um, isn't that like any big company? It is. Yeah. A small company like startups and fintechs, etc., can move really quickly when things change. Um, camera is sort of, is is there for the members and sort of runs as a you know a membership thing. So they have to vote when things change, and those votes tend to only take place once a year, really. Mm. So, but I can I can I can still understand his frustration because the revitalisation thing should have got voted last year. Yeah, I mean, he then does go through the entire executive summary of the revitalisation project. What he's cut, he, and he says openly he's cut and pasted this, and then he's got got handwritten annotations uh, against almost every part of it as well. Oh, so those are his. Sorry, I'm looking at. Sorry, for the benefit of listeners, I'm looking at Steve's notes. And I thought those were the notes you'd made. No, no, these, these are no, so these he, aren't my notes. This is the actual manifesto that I've so got he's here. So made, he's made notes besides all of the revitalisation and then points. He's, and then he's dropped it into this document. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So just that's, quite, again, that's quite clever, to be fair. Just pull out a few of those. Uh, first point talks about uh, the members that um, were asked about the revitalisation project. Um, his first comment is, it depends on which, which members were asked, really. What percentage of the membership do they really represent? Well, all members were asked. Okay, well, that answers that one. I mean, you can answer some of this because... I mean, to be, yeah, to be fair, all yeah. members had the opportunity to respond. And that was also by mail as well as online. And we all had the opportunity to go to revitalisation meetings as well. So I did go to one of them. Yeah. He then goes on to say, um, camera, um, camera are there to fight uh, the corner of Real Allen pubs. Uh, but by learning from its remarkable history and once again becoming relevant, dynamic and radical, uh, which he underlined each of those words and said the proposals are none of these. But is any company which is 40 years old radical? To be fair, I mean, even even our radical punk sprudog are no longer radical, are they? That's, that's very true. And a few people... And they're only, they're only 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he digs into the, the, the list of proposals that were attached as well. Um, so, uh, camera should promote the virtues of well-produced, well-kept, cast-conditioned beer as the pinnacle of the brewer's craft. With I think we highlighted that last week, didn't we? <laughs> he's picked that out and he said how many brewers would actually say that. Yeah, um, hardly, hardly. Most wouldn't, yeah. I think, to be fair. Um, he then, uh, the whole section about section C, so this is Appendix A, section C of the original revitalisation project, uh, other types of beer. Camera should seek to promote awareness and understanding of the different factors that contribute to beer quality. Uh, and he's he's commented next to that. How can camera hope to promote this when it does it when it cannot demonstrate that it understands it itself? That's not that's not an invalid point to be fair. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like I say, I mean there there are loads of notes in here. He talks about camera um, should establish uh, a quality mark. 
Um, well, so something to challenge the cast mark then? Possibly, yeah. I think... Because um, the, the cast mark is about effectively about celebrantship, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, a committee of camera members connected with the brewing industry and licence trade. This is, this is Camera's proposal. Um, and he's he's written next to it how this hasn't been done is mind boggling brewers know beer best which is uh, and, and this is a lot of that forms the backbone of this he's, he's saying you've got this organisation which has actually got no beer experts in it so in terms of the people that know the product yeah. the best are the brewers and they're largely underrepresented in camera that's probably very well they're underrepresented at the higher levels probably yeah so he then basically then sets out, and I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. So here. what's his positive? So he's he's got eight points, which is essentially making his manifesto. So that is uh, rebranding camera for the future, broadening camera's scope to recognise and support all formats of beer, integrating brewers into the campaign, improving education on cask ale and cellaring, encouraging diversity in beer styles, design work and membership, modernising our defence of pubs, Focus on value, not price, and then modernising the campaign. So those are the eight key areas that, that he then sets out his his recommendations against, and he's got a page for each recommendation. Uh, they're all, well. I mean, they're all. I think they're all very good recommendations. Um, anyway, I, I, would, I would like, you know, if he's, I think he should just go for the positives though about what he can bring to it because he is a brewer. I think that successful is in brewery. There. Yeah. Um, and I actually like what he's trying to do. I do like the fact that he wants to go from the inside out and try and affect change. Yeah. Um, whether it works or not, I don't know. I mean, I actually, I actually have no feel for whether he could he could make it because presumably up to this point, he's a bit of a camera member like you and I, apart from the fact that his brewery did win Champion Beer Britain a couple of years ago, but he hasn't been on any other committees and stuff. And generally the way these things work is that you've been on other... Yeah, to find committees, to, yeah. but he has probably got quite a following because I know that as soon as he put out his original post on Thursday, there was quite a few tweets saying I'd vote for you. Yeah, but you actually need those people to then vote. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I would I would recommend that actually that the you should read the manifesto and make the decision for for yourself because it, it is there are two distinct parts of it. There's the first part where he, it is quite negative in terms of he's pulling apart what's been done with the revitalisation project today and then there's a second part around his eight points that actually says this is what I want to do to change things and all of those make a lot of sense what he's what he's saying yeah, the eight right. points are great starting and, point. and they're coming from a brewer's perspective true but I don't think those eight points get any traction if it wasn't for the revitalisation project even if it's a few years out of date now yeah agree so it'll be interesting to see what happens oh yeah I, I I've Sincerely hope he gets a lot of traction off of this because I think it'd be a real kick up the arse. Yeah, it'd be great to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It might be the change that it that might they be need. the real spur that people need, and also then people saying, "Oh, hold on a second. Yeah, this guy evidently must know what he's talking about in, in certain aspects of it, if not all, because he's he's brewed a beer, and we all we all voted for it and said it was brilliant." Mm. It's interesting though because there was a, he he did put out a tweet stand. I don't know if you saw it where he said um, that he had been contacted by someone senior in camera who had begged him not to publish his manifesto. Really? Yeah. I can't believe someone from camera actually did that. Well, I say I can't, I'm saying that, but because surely they would know that that's going to get out. 
Well, exactly. But it's, it's in, if, it's, if it's true... It's very naive at best. And why would they? Don't know. I that's, don't know. That's just... A, that's very frustrating. Isn't yeah. It? But we'll put, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, so, but so, so check again, out the if people have any comments about it once they've read it, you know, our next regular show is a couple of weeks away. Yeah. You've got plenty of, you've got plenty of time to read it now. You have, yes, yeah. Um, so please let us know what you think. Absolutely. As, as always, use the hashtag opinions. Uh, next news story, um, this is two weeks in a row now we've mentioned BrewDog. We're going to have to stop this. Um, there, uh, there's, there's a pub in York that uh, are going to have all their brew li- BrewDog lines disconnected um, because BrewDog have been using dispense equipment that are, that's owned by Heineken and Carlsberg and not paying for it, basically. I've never even thought about this before, if I'm being <laughs> honest. I've never even thought about who owns the lines and the dispense equipment. Oh, they're all owned by the, the breweries. So they're all owned by big brewery. What about if you're a free house? Do you own your own or? I imagine you own your own lines. But when so we, if, when we were because Heineken can own quite a lot of pubs now, don't they? But they do. But when we were up at the the, the, the Vic before we recorded that show with them, we were talking about the Guinness talking ones. about Guinness lines, and they were saying that they regularly sent in their own technician to to service the Guinness line. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so apparently um, I'm not going to comment too much on this one because it would uh, it would appear as though you, you read this article, nobody wants to actually comment. Um, but it but it seems as though um, that the final comment here is anyone who puts a non-Heineken product through the kit is asked to pay a fee for the privilege, and Brewdog is refusing to do so. They don't want Brewdog products going through their kit and intend to disconnect it. Don't, without knowing all, all the ins and outs, I'll say from the headline, if it's your equipment, you can say what you like and charge what you like. Yeah. I don't think that changes, does it? No, I don't. I That's don't the same in any, any walk of life. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up, we've got um, the Cheshire Brew House, who we featured back on the Tasting Room episode, where we had the revelation of their four beers, yep. and in particular the two Govindas, uh, have launched a crowdfunder project. All because um, of us. All because of us. If you read the, if you read, it's all because of us. They didn't think about it beforehand. Apparently, we were so enamoured by their beers, and I bought a case of it, which almost finished already. (laughs) (laughs) I'd finished the last loopy the other night. Really, (laughs) still going strong. Um, So they're looking to raise fifty thousand pounds to provide capability to grow their already respected brand, create a free-to-use community group area, and create employment opportunities. So. Um, if that's your sort of thing, um, again, there'll be a link in the show notes, head on over. And if you want to fund something that's um, investing in a small local business to, to try and help them grow, um, that are producing some fantastic beers, yeah. throw a few quid their way. I'd quite happily try some of their others. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd love to try some of their offerings on cars. Yeah, as, definitely. As, as well, I, I imagine Shane probably knows how to brew a cask beer. Yeah, like I think we spoke about it when we had the loopy. Definitely, yeah. that felt like cask all over it. Yes, very much. Um, and then finally, uh, this in this week's news, and this was again, uh, this came out quite late on today. Um, it would appear that ABI are up to their old tricks again. Um, they've bought an Israeli beer analytics company by the name of Weiss Beerger. Um, They've bought this company outright in a deal worth $80 million. Um, the company was founded in 2011 and utilises 
um, the Internet of Things technology to collect and, rep and present real-time information to brewers and bar owners. So it looks like ABI are investing in some more data, data gathering. After their rate beer. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I just don't know enough about what the company collects. I mean, let's face it, I mean, if I go onto Facebook, they know fairly much where I've been, what I've been up to. And even if it's something I don't feel like I've done overtly, they seem the, the algorithms within it seem mm. to know. Um, I don't know who uses this information. I mean, if I was looking at, you know, I, was looking, I know we're going to come to Untapped, but I was looking at Untapped for verified venues locally. So it came up with the Vic Inn, obviously. It came up with the Queen Street Brew House. And then it came up with the uh, the Edwardstone Pub, the one which is basically where Little Earth Project Brew Deb is. And it had four beers. So I thought, that's a brilliant selection. And then it said October 2017. Oh, well, that's shit, is it? Yeah. So I wonder how many people can actually use this real-time data. I'm presuming probably not even a person uses it. Well, this says, this says here that the company claims that revenue from every Internet of Things enabled beer tap can be increased by 32% while halving wastage at the same time. I really don't. I mean, I, again, I think if anyone knows a bit more about how this all works, I'd love to, I would love to know just from an OCD yeah. data information thing, but can't see it. But I suppose eighty million for eighty million dollars for APIs. They're just not stopping though, are they? Yeah, but that's just a small change anyway. Just finding different areas of the market yeah. to invest in, aren't this they? This is their venture arm, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the end of this week's news. Can I drink some more beer? Now? You can drink some more beer, but you've been sipping it anyway. I have been sipping it because it's 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 a really drinkable that, beer. Uh, sweet toffee caramel has started to die away a little bit as well. It's becoming. I mean, this is a West Coast IPA. Yeah. Through and through. And it, it's boldly proclaiming that yeah. as well. It's, it's not hiding it. But it's really well balanced. It's not all about the hops. No, it's, it's not. It's not all like I say. You do get the, you do get the caramel of, of the malts coming through. And then you do get this I feel it's, it's West Coast influence, but it's still an English take on it. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean that disparagingly. Sometimes I do. But this definitely I don't. It's no, I, really I, I soft, like, really well balanced. I like what they've done. It's got a good mix between between the malts and the hops on this one. Yeah. So since we last had uh, West Berkshire Brew on the show, um, they've actually expanded. They've opened a, a, a new shiny brew house. Massively. Um, Massively expanded. Doing renegade beers and they're and yeasty boys are there. And, and yeah, and they're, they're taking on the contract for yeasty boys as well. We've now got renegade beers in cans yeah. as, as well as keg taps and they're still doing their more traditional West yeah, Berkshire like the good old boy cask brews as well yeah. so it, it's great to see that since their appearance on the on, on the Hippinians podcast they're, they've they're gone from strength to strength, to strength. <laughs> it's, uh, it seems to be a bit of a theme it does seem to be a bit of a theme Cheshire Brew House are doing the crowdfunding after being on the show yeah West Berkshire expand and expand and expand just by talking to us that's it that's that's so all you need to know is is get get on our podcast and the, the world, world is, <laughs> world is your oyster. yeah absolutely um so shall we um shall we dig into this week's uh discussion opinions 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 so we asked this week and this was um Part of our revisited theme for, for, for this week's show, uh, we wanted to go back and have another discussion about Untapped. 
Yep. Um, so when we when we first did this, uh, it was almost a year ago. Uh, just over probably a year just ago, over now. a year ago because yeah. it coincided with us uh, going up to Manchester to go and see Steve at Bernardo to do the coffee special with Roland that has been and uh, go to the Manchester Winter Beer Festival. Oh yeah, and to speak to Ross and the other one. Yeah, <laughs> Tom. A beer normally gone. Yeah, um, so, and, so that was uh, back on episode 17 of, of our podcast, and then there was a part two on, on Beer Nomicon as well, where we looked at the 10 untapped commandments, and, and, and we went through those. And, and the question we asked then um, was, does social media, including untapped, encourage healthy drinking to maintain social interaction? Which is slightly different to the question... That, that we've asked this time. Mm-hmm. So, so this time we asked, um, has your use fund tap changed since you first started using it? Uh, 269 votes, 48% of people, it's almost half, said no. Um, the, other, the, uh, the other two were yes at 23% and 29% have stopped using it altogether in, in the last year. So that's, that's quite, quite that's a, high. Almost a third. Yeah, quite a high percentage. So... Um, and we'll come back to that as, as, as yep. we go through it. So, also this week, though, there, there were a couple of other polls that, that were run across Twitter. Which were sort of untapped related. That, that did lend themselves to what we were talking about. So, particularly in relation to that question that we asked last year, in terms of does social media encourage unhealthy drinking to maintain social interaction, Pete McKerry ran a poll this week saying um, a question for beer industry professionals and bloggers, podcasters, etc. Are we not professional then? Are we different from beer professionals? Uh, I quite like being labelled as a podcaster. No, I was still, just asking a question. Still niche at the moment. We're professional podcasters. <laughs> Professionally amateur. <laughs> yeah, definitely the latter. <laughs> yeah. um, so Pete was asking, did you always drink at higher than average levels? Or did your level of drinking increase markedly once you became involved in beer? Now, um, Pete's two options were, I always drank like this and my drinking has increased. 59% of people went for my drinking has increased as opposed to 41% for I always drank like this. What, what, where did you put yourself on, on that particular poll? I think I, I voted my drinking hasn't increased, but I commented basically... I think my quantity has gone down, as in just sheer volume. It would be more a case of going out, staying out, and drinking volume. Yeah. And I would say now it's more about, most of the time, because there'd be plenty of people who can pick me up on this one at some point, but it'd be more about probably having better beers, but less of it. So I reckon net-net, it probably comes out the same. Hard to tell, because I probably, I probably drink more beers at home now than I used to because beers at home they didn't seem too much points it'd be just like Stella Cronenberg Guinness whatever mm. the macro choice of the bars I was going to at the time so I reckon I was, I, I, in, in my head I was a bit of a net net on that one what was yours? I definitely went for my drinking has increased okay be, because I think I think it has um, but that could be possibly as a result of just discovering how much beer is actually available and, and wanting to try and drink it all. Also, there's probably other factors as well. I mean, you know, different stages of our lives. Mm. You know, six years ago, your, your kids were a lot younger. 
Yeah, so naturally, you'd probably go out a little bit less as well. Um, where 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 you work, you know, I, I work in London, so I can I can go volume and macro as much as I like to as many bars and places that stay open late as often as I want. Especially working for, a, you know, working in in the city, there's plenty of places you can find. Um, but I think it, there's lots of different factors. But I think that's quite an honest answer from you there, Steve. I just yeah I think it's just a fact it's just increased do you think it's good bad and different if that was a follow up poll it's probably not good for you is it well it depends if you started off on zero <laughs> then increase wouldn't be wouldn't make any difference would it no I no I suppose not any increase is going to be an increase isn't it yeah yeah. so it does again that's where just numbers sometimes don't tell you everything do they yeah. it's, a bit, it's a bit like when they're that there's been recently a lot of discussions about is GDP a, a worthwhile measurement of economic prosperity and it doesn't it was sort of built at the time of manufacturing and doesn't really work that well for services which is where a lot of countries get their income from and, and dominate etc so you know depends where you're depends where your starting point is Steve I can I can say that and I think I think it's interesting because in relation to the question that we asked last year, what we were saying was, has essentially we were saying, has untapped increased your drinking? Yeah. Because you're trying to chase the next check-in and the next badge and, and, and all the rest of it. So quite timely from Pete there, which yeah. which quite grateful for. So I'm presuming Pete's going to be writing a one-page concise blog at some point. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope he follows that up with, with something. Hopefully this is a very unsubtle hint for Pete. Yes, yeah, because we'd, we'd love to see what the follow-up to, yeah. to, to that was. Then the other poll that, that was that was run this week was actually by um, the owner of Untapped, so Sir Greg Avola. Um, he put out a question saying, what's your number one reason for not checking in your beer on Untapped? And gave four options. So he gave process too complicated, Festival or with friends, forget to check in, or offline, or a slow internet. Now the highest percentage on that was forgot to check in at 53%, 22% offline slow internet, 20% at a festival or with friends, and 5% of the process is too complicated. Now I find that really interesting in bearing in mind where we're going to go with our discussion shortly, because quite a lot of the comments that we had back suggested that a reason for not using Untapped was actually because they're with friends and they want to actually focus mm. on socialising rather than be on their phone. But I think from Greg's point of view, only having 5% because of the process is a good answer. It's what he was probably looking for. Yeah, because what he wanted to know was, is the app user-friendly? Yeah. And I also what, wonder what, whether, with the offline one, whether he's looking at there's any way of doing offline check-ins that when you're back online... It just automatically it, happens. Yeah. Like when you send a message on WhatsApp or text and it uploads. Yeah. So, so yeah, it could be. But I thought, again, I didn't see that one. I didn't know about it until you mentioned it today. Um, yeah, I think there's some interesting numbers there. How many votes did he get? Nearly 1,500. Ah, okay. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Bit, bit so, more than we get. That's right, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Um, before we get into listener feedback and, and, and feedback from folks on Twitter, you've just drained the rest of your snake oil. 
Take it you enjoyed that then. Yeah, I really loved it actually. Um, I do forget sometimes how much I enjoy a really well balanced West Coast influence dipper. So I don't actually know how easy they are to come about these days. You know what it's reminding me of? It's a little bit like resin, but not sticking sticky. Yeah. It's, oh, no, it's, it's like resin, if you get it just right at Weatherspoons, when they've got it just in. It, ish. It's like resin light. Yeah. No, it's for, really, for, for, that's for really, um, probably on record, more than once, but we're pretty big fans of resin, to be fair. I, I think so. And, and I, I think we've seen Matt consume his fair share of resin. And yep. Whether he's had any input into the recipe. <laughs> it needs to taste like that. Yeah. It just turned up with green cans, spoons yeah. one day. So it yeah. must taste like resin. Where were you last night? I got resins with Martin and Steve. Yeah. Um, that's a really good shout, actually. And I'll put that. I'll put that down as quite a big compliment if they managed to do it, and they've knocked three percent off it because resin is closer to nine, ten percent. It's nine. So two, two I think. So two, yeah. two and a half percent they've knocked off, and still got a really good flavour. And they put it in a bigger can. And it is a big can because the. Resin is, is it a free fur or is it a little bit smaller? It's a little bit smaller. It's one, it's like kind it's of one of those like really narrow cans, isn't, cans, isn't it? Yeah. Very, very, I, I, I think they, no, they might be 330 actually. They're just taller, aren't they? Yeah, it could be like those uh, sometimes when they did special release coats, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good chat actually. Yeah. Resin like, and that is a compliment. Yes, very much so. And what do you think of the uh, design? I quite like the branding actually. Very simple, silver can, wraparound label, black, black and red. Fairly striking. Yeah, it'd stand out on the shelf, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, especially with the red, the red eyes on the uh, the, the uh, snake as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, I as, as we can say, because all, all I've drained together. it and you're almost finished. Well, I wasn't allowed to drink because I had to, yeah, I had to you talk. Going, you, you know what you're like if you have a dipper. I, I know, I've had to try and slow myself down. So, so, so why I drink, you can talk a little bit. So before we get into our, our listener views, how has your use of Untapped changed in the last year? I would say by and large, it's fairly much the same. So most people who listen to the show will know that I'm fairly religious about checking my beers. I've read the time day after or you whenever. check every fucking thing in everything and I'm happy with that that's not a problem for me I'm more than happy to check in every beer because it's primarily it's my, my record for me that's my record if you have a cannibal you check in every cannibal that's right because I want to stay at the top of the cannibal exactly so. but that so that's no different I just happen to do it for all the beers okay so people Clayton always checks in Citra because he was and probably still is top of the chart for Oakham Citra. I just choose to do it for my beers, whatever it might be, however good, however bad, however many times. Because you've then got that permanent record. I do a permanent record. There's a lot of times if it's the same beer, I don't comment. And that's not the same as last year. Um, But sometimes if I have, say, um, something which just knocks out of the park, like we're cannibal a few months ago at the outhouse on keg and it was tasting fantastic amazing. Yeah. and we went oh it's back to its best and I think we both commented on it it might have been just the word bang yeah. <laughs> but it was you know it just reminds you that at that point in time in that place because you can check the venue in and the dispense method it was tip top um, however the biggest change for me 
and this has been some time in coming, um, is uh, early this year I give um, a five out of five. Stop the press. I know, and what was stopping the press? Shall I, I open a bit? Yeah, I'm just like, I, I can't believe that you finally gave something a five. Do you know what it was? It was, I was sitting there having um, the aforementioned Oakham Citra, and I was in the Spoons in, in Milton Keynes visiting my parents, and uh, I'd already been to the draft house earlier in Milton Keynes, had a few different beers, all nice, but nothing had really grabbed me. Went into Spoons, and saw Citron. I went, okay, well that's what I'm having. I didn't actually see it. I didn't actually, I couldn't tell you what else was on. Because that was all, I, all I'd seen was the Citron. And um, I had one pint, I had two pints, I had three pints, I had four pints, I had five pints. Of 4.2% Oakham Citra on cask. And I thought, if I'm gonna have five pints, how can I not? give it more than the four out of five it was currently sitting on my untapped. So if I'm willing to either go up to the bar or every time my dad, my mum, my brother ask me what you want and I'm going Citra. And they're used to me saying, oh hold on a second, I'll go have a little look, see what else there is. How can it not be a five? So, so did you factor into that like smashability then or, or sessionability? Everything. Um, it was you know, and again, there's a couple of spoons of Milton Keynes. Uh, for a couple of listeners who know Milton Keynes, it'll be the one closer to the station near where Chiquitos used to be, the nicer of the two spoons, in my opinion. And it was tasting bang on. It felt like it was on quite uh, soon because they didn't have, they in that particular spoon, they had the prices in, on each one, and that one didn't have the price. But there was no reason to assume it wasn't the same price as all the others. Yeah, yeah. So it felt like it had been there recently. And it was on a jump. It, it felt like I was having a sweet spot moment because it just went. And I was, it was almost one of those things. I was chatting to my, my brother, my mum and dad, and the, the glass was empty again. It was one of those nights where if someone in the family hadn't said, oh, should we go and get some food? I probably could have, I probably would have gone to pint six, seven and eight, I reckon. Mm. And I thought, this has got to be worth a five then. It's interesting it, that you had that moment of... Yeah, I think just because I was sessioning the same beer, yeah. and it's so often I do go out, like a lot of us, and go, I'll have one beer, oh, I'll have something else. Rather than just hit that one beer that's, I'm, and, I'm just going to just drink. go, it's yeah. brilliant every time. And it was. And that was my, ooh, okay. And I think I messaged you and said I'd given a five, or I'm about to give a five out of five. And after you'd recovered from that, that moment, um, I've, I've done it once since as well. Um, again, a cask beer, and a beer I mentioned earlier, the, the Jack Brand Mosaic, because again, I had it on cask um, at the pub near work, and again, I didn't look at anything else. I just went, yeah, I'll have another pint of that, please, when someone said. And maybe for me, it might always be cask, I'm thinking, because of that sessionability and smashability. Because you are the mayor of casks, Phil. <laughs> well, I haven't got all the badges yet. <laughs> but we'll get to badge rank for you later. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, like you say, you, you did message me and I think my instant reply to you was, we are definitely revisiting our untapped discussion. Well, I think you said about time, first of all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then it was... And the, then you went, we were yeah, revisiting. Yeah. But before we move on, 
obviously we've opened a beer. We have, or you've you opened yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so this, again, is a brewery that has been featured more than once. And we've both had this beer before. We have. I've just had a little smell, and it smells delightful. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Oh, God. That, <laughs> that smells, that smells really because good. Because I've already had a smell, I'll let you sniff for a little while. Um, so, Elusive Brewing, um, from Andy. I'm not even going to say the rest of it, the nicest bloke, etc. Um, so this is Invisible Wall, Imperial Milk Stout with bourbon soaked cocoa nibs and coffee. Comes in at 8.2%. And the aroma is absolutely beautiful. The, the aroma's stunning. It's the, the first thing I thought when I put it to my nose, the first thing that came into my head was Common Grounds. Oh, I can get that. The original or just or the Kentucky? the original that that has got the same aroma as, as common ground in terms of coffee profile in there. Oh yeah, um, because I did have a little look before we had this beer, and we had this two and a half years ago, I think now, in the first year of Essex Bottle Share, and I've just written coffee, coffee, coffee with some burnt notes. Well, interesting. Yeah, it was it was November twenty fifteen, and I I wrote. Massive coffee aroma feel and finish. Slight hint of booze. <laughs> I'd say that at the moment, not getting much of that booze. No. Now, interestingly, while, while we're on the revisited and, and the history of this beer, I think I've had a number of variations of this beer prior to that as, as well. But what, when are we still hungry? Yeah, so in December 2013, Andy sent me a bottle of homebrew that was simply entitled... BA Imperial Stout, which I'm led to believe was this recipe, the, the forerunner of this. And what did you think of that? This recipe. Um, I didn't really write a lot about it, hence I've not made notes about oh, it. Okay. I think I gave it a three and a half, four, something like that. So even as a home brewer, that, those were, that was a big score because in, in December 2013, you could have only rated in halves as well. True. So. So you would have struggled to do the leap from three and a half to four anyway. Yeah. And then in 2014, at Indie Man in October, I checked in a bourbon vanilla bean pumpkin pie impy stout from Andy, which I believe was another variation of this. Again, very highly rated. I think I um, simply che- checked in amazing. Pumpkin. Didn't get any of that. You, you got the bourbon and vanilla. Not, not so much of the pumpkin. And then also... That bottle that we had at the bottle share in November 2015, we then had a version of that on a former previous homebrew special on the Beer O'Clock Show, which um, was homebrew special number six, episode 127 of the Beer O'Clock Show, which was the homebrew special where we made three brewers brew dark beers that had orange flavour in them as as well. So I had an orange version of this. So I think I've actually had this beer. You've had quite a lot of iterations of this beer then. I think this is the fifth time I've had this beer, or a version of this this beer, and this I'm not sure if this is the first time it's been commercially available or not. It, it might, it may well be. Okay, so the one we had in November 2015 wasn't commercially no, available. No, because I, I I checked my untapped and I I actually put a picture with it as well, and it had literally a, a white sticky label on it with handwritten notes on it. It said Invisible Wall, and and then said okay. what it was. I mean, I have to admit this is. It, it is and we're again Andy gave this to us um, for free 
Um, so we are very, very grateful to, to Andy for, for the beer. Yeah, and thank you to Matt for muling it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, that is so smooth. That is lovely. That is. That's, that's beautiful. I'm going to... Um, there's a little, I haven't, a little I haven't, poured, I haven't poured all of it, but I think it's worth savouring. But mm. it would be easy not to savour it. Uh, 8.2%. Again, it, it's not tasting its ABV. No. I don't know whether we've just been well-lined by the 7.5% the snake oil at this point. Uh, no, I think if we'd had that first, we would have said exactly the same thing. Yeah. And even the snake oil might actually have felt a bit more boozy after that. Possibly. If anything else. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the other way that I've changed my use of untapped is using uh, the verified venues a bit more. Okay. Um, so, as was mentioned previously, a few months ago, I went to Amsterdam with my mates. And as a listener of the show and friend Carl pointed out, I made him carry round the 80 beers in Amsterdam book. As it turned out, I ended up, I ended up using the verified venues bit on um, Untapped, and it worked out really well. Um, and there was one little place which we found, which was... I could have stayed in there the whole evening. The only thing they were lacking was a decent vodka and orange for one of the guys who I was with. Um, and I actually said to the guy there, I said, look, we found you purely because of the untapped verified venues. And he was actually quite chuffed to know. He said, it's not that cheap, so it's quite nice to know. It brings people in. And it's really handy. It brings up the places nearby, it gives you the beer lists and links you to Google Maps and you can find your way there. Um, uh, and that's the other thing I've been using it for. So probably the two big changes for me are the scoring, which mm. is a big personal development for me. Um, and the other thing is using the un- the untapped verified vendors, which I've actually found incredibly useful. What about yourself? Well, I think one of mine is, is going to be around the scoring, and, and that's that I started using quarter marks. Hey. And, but I, I think literally we recorded that crossover with Beer Nomicon and then we went to the Manchester Beer Festival and I think the first beer I checked in I used the quarter mark on <laughs> just, just because it was like I felt liberated and, and I felt as I could You were free. Yeah but no it, it certainly has given me more variety in my rating in, in, in terms of because I, I, I probably rate more um, freely than you do anyway and I'm, I'm often in the 4, 4.5, 5 marks and the quarter markers that that, that 4.75 has been a revelation for me between something being four and a half and something being five and it just not being a five gives you it does give you optionality because yeah. um, I, I I messaged I said it before I messaged on tap to say why isn't there quarter marks and their first answer was well there's ten variations on scoring so why do you need the other ones but obviously enough people came back to them and said look it's probably that I think it was probably always that three and a half to four yeah which I think prompted the quarter marks in my head that's where it is because I think before that and after that you've got average and then you've got oh these are getting good I reckon it was that 3.75 mark that prompted the quarter percentage it's been a revelation for me though and I've you know I've recently used the scale now see told you would I know I know I know. Um, the other one, and, and this has been my biggest use of Untapped in the last year, and I think I think this was possibly as part of some of the changes they made to the app as well, was just the loose use of lists on there as, good. As, as well. So I've got my entire seller and levels of my seller as lists on un, un, Untapped. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got one called Deep in the Seller, and I've got 
I think I've got one called for a bit longer. Just just leave for a bit longer. For a bit longer. <laughs> and I, so I've just I've just got all these things and any, any new beer I buy and I'm a little bit obsessive about it, it gets scanned in or it gets checked in, it gets put on a list. So it's there. So when I come round to drinking it, I've not got to search it. I can just go into one of my lists because I know it's already there. I do like the list thing. And I, but I'll come back to that later. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other one is, again, it's kind of around what you were saying earlier in terms of trying to check in all of my beers. And, and I've started doing that, but I don't necessarily always push them, in, push them to Twitter. So it's, if it's something that's just... Uh, another check-in of a beer that I'm always drinking that I've actually not got anything new to say about I'll actually turn off the little oh, actually that's a good point uh, yeah I've started doing that because it's auto set to do that sometimes I forget yeah but uh, recently I bought a case of wild beer fresh because it had the old branding on it and it was a fairly decent price and I've had a few of those recently and I think probably over half the ones I haven't pushed because it was like I was having the same beer within half an hour of having the yeah, beer before. There's, there's no point, is there? No, I had nothing new to say about it, and there was definitely no new pictures. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Um, so we've got a couple of um, comments of people that have that have definitely changed their their usage um, of Untapped. So first up is regular contributor to the show, Joe Hill at Multiplex Rant, who says, uh, and this was a series of tweets. Uh, I used it. Just to, I, I used to just use it to record unique check-ins. Now I check in stuff multiple times. It's interesting to see how my tastes have changed or how beers have aged. Also, my scoring is probably more generous now, lots more in the 4.5 to 5 range. P.S. The, the peculiar snobbery towards untapped gets my goat a bit. It's this daft straw man argument that untapped users are all crazed tickers incapable of human interaction. Nonsense. It's a useful, fun way of keeping track of the beers you've had. That's it. I can't disagree with anything Joe's just said. It's it's like you could have said that. Yeah, isn't it? That is that that <laughs> could easily have been me writing all of that. So yes, Joe, I completely agree with you, um, and it's fairly much how I use Untapped. Yeah, I, 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 I think, know, I think and I'm also a bit more generous. I, I think there's elements in there of how I use yeah. Untapped as well. I think he's he's summed it up quite nicely mm. there. Um, next up, number one fan, Miles Lambert. Uh, my perception of it has totally changed. I started using it to keep a record of what I was drinking. It was that simple. At that point, I didn't think anyone would ever be bothered about my opinion of a beer. Roll the clock forward three years and it's very different. I now feel extra pressure, admittedly of my own making, to give a full and fair review of beers I tap in. There are many times where I simply can't be bothered to have to think too much about it. Sometimes I just want to enjoy a pint, so I often don't check beers in. I thought Matt had made it, I thought Miles had made a New Year's resolution that he was going to do what I did, tapping every beer. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm sure, Miles can correct me because I'm sure he'll know better than me whether he tweeted or not. But I thought that the same weekend that I did my first five out of five, he had written that he was going to check in all these beers. So I'd be interested to know what's changed. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe he's feeling the pressure of now being a podcaster as well. I know. Pressure's and, on. And, and the added pressure that, 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 that comes with... As a few other people have mentioned. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Um, and then the final one here was from... And I love this one. Uh, drink, drank, junk at drink, drank blog. Um, yes, when I first downloaded, 
I only used it occasionally. Now I check in almost every beer I drink. I put that down to my drinking more, wanting a record of the more unusual, rare, one-off stuff I drink, and listening to you two go on about it all the time. Go on. Go on. I don't know if we go on about it all the time. Only every other show. Come on. Yeah. Um, I also think the new features they introduced last year, cask, keg, taster, etc., was helpful. I'm more likely to use it when I'm out and about or on holiday with new beers and new venues rather than just drinking Gamma Ray at home. Isn't that quite interesting? Because there'll be other comments later on which sort of do the opposite of that. Yeah. As well. So, I mean, I, I do, I have to admit, I do love the dispense method option. I do. But we're, we're, we're going to, are we going to come on to that later on? Or? I don't know specifically, but just out there at the moment, I love it. It is it. It's a, it's a thing that I like about it because certainly it helped us when we did, did the list our, earlier. We did the list earlier, and also when we did the, the the beers of the year for last year. Yeah, definitely. We'd used Untapped to to track all of that and would have it all on a spreadsheet and keep track of what we were we drinking and what were the beers in the month and all the rest of it. You couldn't have done that twelve months ago because that option wasn't there. No, it's quite weird. When I was flicking through to get some of my stats for this show tonight and suddenly dispense method bit just disappeared yeah like what oh yeah that didn't exist I forgot about that yeah so it was if, if you had wanted to attract that it would have been down to your own initiative to have written put, written it in the checking yeah. and then you would have had to have set up some filter to find all the my only ones uh, so say I go back to something we were discussing at say ghost ship would be where I had it so if it was in certain pubs and that would give you an indicator. It's yeah. cask. If I haven't put anything in, there's a good chance it was at home. And if it's on a train, it was can. <laughs> because well, train beer. Train beer. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into the uh, the ten untapped commandments again and, and revisit some of these and, and 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 see if our thoughts have changed and what what listeners uh, have got to say about it. Let's go back to the invisible wall. Uh, what are you thinking? It's bloody fantastic, isn't it? Yes, it is really good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know how new. So this beer was bottled in December 2017, and it says best before December 2020, which sort of implies there's still more to come from this beer. Yeah. Which means I'm quite disappointed. But the only beer I've got of this is the one we're sharing right now, because this is tasting fantastic. Because normally you associate one of the this kind of beer when it's quite fresh as having that sort of bit of a boozy burn. Mm-hmm. And then you think, a few couple of years or eighteen months down the line, it's going to ease off a little bit. I can't see where this is going to get better. I'm, I'm really struggling. I mean, as it is right now, it's it's balanced. All of the flavours are in there. There is this deep, dark bitterness that tell you finishes what I'm not, on. I'm, tell you what, I'm not getting any more. Is that roasted notes? No, that's they've, that, they've that's, gone. that's gone. Getting a lot more of the sweetness from yeah. the, the, the milk stout edge, edge of it as well. It's, it's a little bit sweet at the end. You feel like there's almost a little bit of lactose in it. Yeah, yeah, you're getting that. You're actually, you're actually getting that. But it's just finishing so easy. Yeah. It's, it's actually coating the mouth. Yeah. As, but as well on the finish. Not, not cloying. It's that sort of coating which goes, you need to have more. It's that um, oily sort of coffee coating mm. that you get that oiliness from, from coffee and it sort of hangs around the side of the glasses beautifully as well it's, it's just incredible your, your common grounds analogy wasn't misplaced yeah I mean that you know for me and that's, that a big, was, that's a big compliment that, that's got to be a massive yeah, compliment for, for Andy's skill there as a brewer to have produced a beer that, that, that smells like 
personally what I think is one of the best coffee beers in the UK oh, at yeah. the moment. Okay, so um, going back into the untapped commandments, the first one that we had last year was I am the Lord of Badge Wankery. <laughs> um, so this included things like specific check-ins for a badge, pushing to Twitter and Facebook and check-ins, uh, just general check-ins. So uh, a few comments here. Uh, James at Gammon Baron, it was fun being a badge wanker. It certainly made me try different styles, for better or worse. Retrospective badges have taken the sheen off. It's a useful tool for finding beers or where to find somewhere decent to drink in an unknown place. Have um, retrospective badges taken the sheen off for you? They're a bit of an odd one because sometimes I don't notice they've done that whole badge release thing. Unless you've seen the blog. Unless you've seen the blog and you can quite easily miss it. Um, so I... Um, but I do still like a badge. I'll, 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 for me, getting a badge is still a bit like getting that shiny sticker when you were collecting football stickers. I still love a badge. So, and especially now, if you get anything more than one... Yeah. If suddenly I if suddenly I get a two or very occasionally that triple bang, I will actually go oh badge and I could be in the room on my own. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm going through that <laughs> awkward phase at the moment where I I've just introduced Angela Tontat. Oh, she's getting all the badges. And she's like three or four badges every check in, and and I'm literally sitting there going didn't get a badge. Four beers later didn't get a badge. Oh, I get the I get the opposite though. Every now and again I get badges and Michelle doesn't. And she goes, why have you got a badge? Because as far as she's concerned, if I'm getting a badge, she must at least get one, if not two. And she's going, have you got that? How did that happen? It's probably because uh, sometimes it might be like a Belgian beer and I've had three or four of those recently and I've just got that fifth one on the time of where she's one beer. um, But yeah, she she will get triple badges every now and again. It's like, okay. So, So the badges are still quite an important part of it for you? I like it. It's... It's probably a twofold thing. One, it's the okay. So I've had X amount of that style, and the other thing is that childish bit. Like I said yeah. about collecting football badges and football stickers. I used to love getting that shiny football sticker. Interestingly, though, I've stopped pushing my badges to Twitter. I only now push my check-ins. I've turned my badge pushings off. Oh, I haven't turned mine off. Oh, so. I've left mine on. Why did you turn yours off? I don't know. I just, I, I kind of felt as though it wasn't, it wasn't because of criticism, um, because I'm, I'm way above that. But I, I think I was looking at it, and I, I think those that there are times when, particularly the day after bottle share, when I'm checking my beers in, I don't push those to Twitter either because I, I, I'm, I'm still not a fan of the whole. I was drinking this last night, so I'm pushing it now. And I think what was happening was I was getting badges. And the badges were pushing, but my check-ins weren't. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want my badges to push because they're... They're not related to something else. Yeah. But then that happens, that probably happens at home sometimes, doesn't it? When you don't, when you turn off the blue marker for Twitter, every now and again, a badge probably goes through anyway. Well, no, because my badge pushings are turned off now. So, so you I've, turn, oh, no, I've... So my badges just no, my badge push to untap now. I want everyone to know I've got a badge. It, on, on the badge front so this, this is a great one from Miles Lambert and I think that this sums up Badge Wankery perfectly my use has become more savvy for example it's the Super Bowl tonight I'm, I'm naturally thinking there's bound to be a badge for that yeah I hadn't thought about that but then yes I did get a Super Bowl badge of, of course you always know big, big events in America it's always going to be a badge for that yeah never mind yeah what, what was the big event 
Super. Oh yeah. <laughs> A um, couple of other things on, on, on this one. So, so Richard Swindells at Rich Swin said, I'm quite tech savvy and have struggled with some of the features. Useful for crowdsourced reviews if you're looking for something to try. I do feel a bit exposed adding tasting notes, but it's only my opinion. Next person might do, think differently. Isn't that the point? That I, I think that's a great comment. I think it's a very good comment because um, I think Michelle's thought about that every now and again when she writes something because she knows it's then going to go through to Twitter. Um, and she's, every now and again, she sort of checks out, and I've gone, it's what you think. It's what you- It's your view. It's what you think the beer is. What does it remind you of? There isn't anything wrong or right, unless you're gonna just go, which is evidently you could have been just go, it's shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if, if that's all you're gonna do, then yeah, you could be called up on it. But if you're just giving an honest assessment about the beer you're having, and yet, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I'm not very eloquent when I do my, my notes, when it, it goes through. Um, but I, I always hope that people understand what I'm saying. And I think that's all you can do. Yeah. I've, I've, I've always thought of it as a bit of a discussion starter yeah. as, as well. If somebody, and every now and again, people do then yeah. start to come back, don't they? Yeah, because you could check in a beer and you could say something about a beer and then someone can come back and say, well, it didn't taste like that when I had it. Yeah. And then actually you get into a bit of discussion of, well, did I have a bad batch? Or was it you or who had the bad it, or batch? Or did you have a bad batch? Or did, did one, one of us have a really fresh one? Yeah, or did one of us just get lucky? Yeah. You can so, have some quite interesting chats off the back of it sometimes. Yes, absolutely. But it's definitely not a wrong or right thing, but I do understand what you're saying. I mean, I don't think I really thought about it too much at the start, because again, going back to 2013, I wasn't really aware so much about how much people might may or may not come back about it. I think it's grown and it oh, continues yeah. to grow. Definitely. As, as well. Certainly in, in, in the beer community that we live in. Yes. Untapped is, is kind of the benchmark. Yeah. Um, final one on this one was from Minister of Food and Drink at the underscore Mofad. Um, nope. Always used it to keep track of what I've tried. Easy to use, easy to do just that. One of my favourite apps. Okay. I mean, well, I suppose just to be clear, we're both um, untapped supporters, aren't we? we? We are, yeah. We So we pay a monthly yeah. fee to... Which is at the moment almost currently one dollars to the pound. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It's ranged between, certainly in this last year, it's ranged between three and four and a half yeah. quid a month, which is the price of a pint. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm happy with it because I love the stats. Yeah, and I think when, when I signed up to it, it didn't have the financial backing that it's got now no. either. So I was actually, I felt as I was supporting the development of that app. Yeah, I, I became a supporter before they had any yeah. sort of buying as well from the venture capitalists. Um, yeah, I, plus, I, I, plus there's a badge for being a supporter. There is that as well. <laughs> you, get it, you get it on your support. Which I think is, again, people. going back to Miles, didn't he do that on the uh, beery night? To, to bring in that seven badger. Yeah. Yeah. That was his top up one, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm going to become a supporter now. That just pushed him over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the badges are just a bit of fun, though, aren't they? For me, yeah. Yeah. I like them. And they are still fun. You can't, you can't argue. No. Yeah. And every now and again, if you're there, like, you know, if I'm there with a mate and you get a few badges, you sort of take the piss out of each other. Don't take it too seriously, is what I say. Yeah, I mean, I know there's been times in the past where we've had nights. I, I, know, I know we don't do it so much anymore, bottle share, because generally we move into a point where most people will leave their check-ins until after the event. Yeah. So the phones are generally in your pocket, you're making notes. And, yeah. But there were times in the past where we were checking in where we've done fines on the evening <laughs> and you've got a badge. 
we've had to put a pound in the pot and then we've had a pot at the end of the evening to buy more beer yeah. with which has always been a bit I think there was one night it was quite a lot wasn't yeah, it? it at least got to about 20, 25 quid yeah just on yeah. badges yeah um, so while I've been going through that we've finished the invisible wall do you have any final comments on that that you haven't already covered? I have nothing else to add apart from immensely drinkable beer very well put together a lot of Andy's beers recently have been um, the ones I've had have been all very similar that's one of the first dark beers I've had from him for a long time I I think um, Andy has hit a real groove at the yeah. moment in terms of consistency and output he's he's probably nailing that at the moment he's flying at the moment yeah he's flying at the moment and that's an excellent example of the fact that at the moment He's fairly much, I can do this. Yeah, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Well done, Andy, and thanks for the, um, thanks yeah, for thanks the beer for if you're listening, mate. Shame there's only one. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's not be too ungrateful. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll say that again. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> um, so, I've just poured the next beer, which is from Siren. Again, another beer which we had uh, on the show, wasn't it? This was on episode 31 of Opinions. So this is the Siren Craft Brew Acid Jam, and this comes in at uh, 9.7%. So this is their, is this one of their sour offerings, it's isn't it? Kettle, it's an imperial kettle sour, kettle sour. Which is quite a mouthful to say. And I can't really remember what we said about it at the time, so this will be quite interesting. Well, well I can tell you, because oh. I did listen back to, to, to that show to get our views on it. Um, we thought it was uh, on the nose very reminiscent of a young vintage ale or barley wine. Um, it was very complex on the flavour, didn't drink its ABV. Um, I'm not going to give any of the actual tasting notes in case it influences us. But okay, I'll, that's I'll a good idea. To, I'll come back to that. So, so let's, um, okay. let, let's give it a go from the, uh, certainly from the Cheers. aroma point of view. I still get that barley wine Definitely. characteristic. Something else there. I think this possibly reminiscent of oh, what you pulled out with one of the beers on, on the last show of um, Rodenbach. It's a little bit... It's got that sort of flavour. of that, yeah. yeah. Quite enjoying that flavour. Well, a few months hasn't hurt that, has it? I mean, what was that? That was June last year we did that, so that's, that's another yeah. six months on. Don't say, any more, don't say anything about the tasting notes yet still, because... Your road and back thing wasn't a bad shout. Definitely on the nose. Yeah. So, so while you're exploring that, let's let's go through a couple more of these um, uh, commandments. So commandment two was thou shalt not check in sips, which I know at the time was quite the discussion point on that I podcast. I think we, yeah, because Ross and Tom were talking about how they sort of mock Talking up. or arguing? Well, it's much the same thing for them. I'm, I'm sure there was the a lot of telling each other to fuck off. To be, to be fair, that's the only way they communicate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, was it was it not one of them? I think it was Tom would have a sip of someone's beer and he'd check it in. Yeah. Um, and we thought that was wholly wrong. Yeah, I still I still think it's wrong. I I, I do. And so, so the, a few of the points that this this covered was: do sips count? What's the smallest possible measure that you feel as though you can check in? And, and should you have had to have paid for a beer to be able to check it in? Now, um, obviously with the addition of a tasting measure 
on our Which tat. obviously came after we'd spoken yeah. about this. Um, Probably because we had spoken about it, I assume. What What do you consider a tasting measure? What, what do you, is, is there a minimum pour size I was trying to think about that because the, if you go to some bars and you ask for a taster, you get the most pathetic amount of beer that yes. you really can't tell from that taster that it's a beer. They, sometimes they put it in such a small measuring glass, like, well, I've got no hope of telling what it's like. Um, I don't know, what's the Essex Bottle Share, which is obviously where we have most of our tasters. Yes. Let's be honest. Roughly, what would you say we end up with? I, it, it's difficult to put an actual, on average, I reckon it averages out to about 80 to 90 yeah. mil. Because 100 mils would be probably a bit too generous if there's nine or 10 of us there. Because a 750 bottle is the average vessel. It is. Some, somebody would have had to have bought two bottles of 500 mil. Yeah. Between the 10 of us to, to get, get 100 each. Yeah, which is a so decent sized pour. Your 80 to 90 is probably the upper end of our taste. Yeah. And we've spoken about this as well, but sometimes you don't also get the maximum yes, amount of beer yeah. from the taster. Um, I, I, I would say that our shares at Bottle Share are probably there or thereabouts. But again, I'll revert back to a conversation I had in Dublin the year before last with some friends of mine. And I was chatting to the guy at the bar and he'd offered me a few tasters. There was fairly decent tasters actually, probably more than I'd get at Bottle Share. And I went back and I was chatting to a few friends and one of them said, have you checked those in? I said, I oh, know. Because, you know, he just offered them to me. You know, it was just part of my process. And he said, well, why not? And I thought, fuck, I've got no answer to that question. Because it wasn't a formal tasting. Yeah, see, I think that's where I draw the line. I wouldn't, I wouldn't check in a beer that I'd, that I'd asked for a taster of. Yeah. I'll check in a beer that I've shared a beer with you with or shared a beer at Bottle Share with. And at Bottle Share, I do check them in as tasters. And that's got nothing to do with the fact there's now a badge for tasting. <laughs> at all at, at all but I, I, I do check them in as tasters because I don't I don't think when, when you're sharing a beer between that many people you can't check in that you've had a bottle of it so what, what what's your thoughts about the beer um, I'm loving it actually I, and I think I remember last time that I, I did quite enjoy it yeah I mean I think it's a really subtle sourness it's almost like um, what um, Haribo sour sweets it's not even that much and it's it's still got it's got a feel of a of, of a barley wine yeah it's definitely got to, it to it I think it's really unusual it's um probably looking at it, it probably shouldn't work no because it's also been it's been barrel aged in bourbon and red wine barrels mm, which I think as, both as, I think both of those come through as well the bourbon definitely comes the through. Well, and, and you, you get the red wine and you, you get some of those tannins yeah. in there from the red wine for sure. It's a really unusual mix. Yeah. It, but somehow, it does work. Somehow it works. Yeah. So okay. I've, I've, I gave it a four out of five previously. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. I'm not sure I was that generous, but I, I will double check. Of course, that's what 
the great thing about Untapped. And speaking of rating system, thou shall make full use of the rating system, which, as we've discussed, you now use the quarter marks. I do. Having I, been liberated in Manchester last year. I was, and it was a wonderful feeling as, as, as well, that's, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in here we've got a, a few comments that maybe necessarily aren't directly related to the, the, the rating system, but um, that they were very much in terms of using the system as, as it is. Yeah. So the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady said it's still the only log of beers that I've had that I've got, and it's handy. Which I'd I, agree. I don't think it is handy. Would disagree with that. Uh, and then we've got Beer First at Beer First Show, which is a which is a podcast from uh, the US, uh, and it's great that we've got podcasts <laughs> from across the across the sea uh, talking to us. Uh, we use it on our podcast as a way to convey what we think as a group. Personally, though, I rarely use it when I'm at a local bar or brewery. I would have loved to for him to expand that comment. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> there, there'll be a test to see if they actually listen to yeah. the show. Um, and then we've got uh, Beer Frontiers at Beer Frontiers uh, was using it to track my 500 beers in a year now it's primarily to keep a record of what I liked and didn't like so I'm technically going to go with a yes um, Steve Rimington at Steve Rimington it's record keeping for me time, place and beer allows me to reject duds that I've tasted before the good ones I tend to remember I have zero interest in badges but that's the same as how I've always used it fair enough it is. That's a, that's a great one, though, isn't it? That yeah. uses it to reject dodgy beers that he's had before. Yeah, I've I've made the mistake of not doing that. I've gone for a beer and gone, oh shit, I've had this before. There's, there's been a couple of times where I've been unsure, so I've looked untapped, and then I've seen that I've had it, and I've seen that I've scored it low, and I've been like, yeah, you're not getting a second. <laughs> if 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 a beer ever comes in under two and a half for don't, me, don't have it. It's never getting another go. Never getting. I think that's fair go. enough. Otherwise, what's the point of rating it? Exactly. Um, and, then, and then finally, and, and this one is, is bang on the ratings, Cyberbeer at Cyber underscore beer. I've changed many times since I started using it in 2013. You could only rate in full values, one to five, when I started using it. Now you can rate in quarter marks, marks uh, as well. And that's very much the same as me, yes. yes. When I first started using it, it was one to five. Yeah. But that's good. I think it's. I think it's. It's good. I, I don't. You, I don't think you can do anything else apart from the point two fives. I'm pleased they do that. I'm still really loving this. It's so drinkable. Yeah, it is really drinkable. For what is it? What is it? Is it nine point seven percent? Yeah. Again. So, okay, maybe it's just us because you know that three beers out of three so far, which you just go. Can't really taste the ABV. I think you get more of the ABV on that one. There is more of the boozy right, feel. Right at the end. Yeah. It's got right a boozy feel. It's right end, but still not 9, 9.7 feel. Yeah. So what was number four? Uh, Honour thy Lord Brewer, which when we discussed it previously, was around engaging brewers in discussions and, and brewers commenting on check-ins. Now, there's a few interesting ones on, on, on this yep. one. So first up, we had James at Gammon Baron say, brewers getting their panties in a bunch over ratings also makes me chuckle. <laughs> Which we've seen a bit of that in this, this last yeah. year where brewers have got upset with check-ins on Untapped and have done that thing where they've called them out on Twitter. Yeah, which, um, again, probably not the best way to do it. A bit you're of better, a shady practice. You're better off going back on Untapped. And, and that, trying to have a conversation. it stays private. Yeah. Because there was a beer I had from a case once, and it was from a brewery in France. And uh, we had a, I just commented saying, wasn't that fussed about it. It turned out that probably the beer I was drinking was a bit old. 
and we had a bit of a conversation about it on Untapped, and that fairly much stays private, to be honest, because people don't really look at all the comments on Untapped, because the further comments don't get pushed through to Twitter, do they? No. Well, none of the comments. Yeah, get and that's quite yeah. a nice place to do it. Um, personally, I don't overtly go looking for it, but I'm quite happy to engage. If I, put it this way, I think if you're, brave, if you're brave enough to slate someone, and let's face it, you're only slating two or three different people. You're either slating the, where you bought it from, the brewery or pub. So say it's retail, pub, brewery. You should be prepared to back it up. Yeah, and I, I must admit, I, I, I did it once and I got pulled up on it as well. I, I rated a beer, um, and I won't, I won't name the brewery, but I, I rated a beer I'd been drinking, um, I think I'd been at a, a beer festival afternoon drinking fizzy keg, and I went to a bar and I had a, a pint of cask in a chain bar, and I checked it in on tapped and I simply rated it, and the only word I put was shit. <laughs> And the brewer called me out on it, publicly on Twitter as well, and said, well, that's not very constructive, is it? That doesn't help us in any way. We then had a discussion, which then went to DM, and we had a discussion. And and I actually went back and I changed what I said about it, because in hindsight, I was probably a few sheets to the wind. (laughs) And... After drinking an afternoon of fizzy keg, a cask beer was never going to... It's probably the wrong way. Yeah. Um, but that was the right way to, uh, you, you know, I appreciate it. I got called out for, for being a bit of a dick. Yeah. Really. Um, but, but I guess I that. I think if you're prepared to put it out there. But it then opened dialogue. And yeah. I then had a dialogue with that brewery. and you Which know, wouldn't have come of, about otherwise, would it? No, a- absolutely not. Um, also on this, we've got the, the bearded one at the bearded one. Stopped using it. It's not fair to rate other people's beers when you're in the industry. Just my opinion. And no, then, Carl, it's just your opinion. Yes, and that spawned a whole conversation yeah, uh, did. as well. So if, if you do want to have a look at that conversation, uh, go get, <laughs> cl- click on the, the, the link to the poll and, and then read <laughs> you'll, the, you'll the, definitely the find it. Uh, and then we had uh, Yeasty Boys fed back on this one as well. At Yeasty Boys, I've never checked anything in and I've stopped looking at it for thoughts on our beers. I enjoyed the interaction and banter, but I don't find it valuable enough to justify the time. I'm a bit surprised about that. Because I, I think that some of the comments surely can be quite useful sometimes. If they're formative, if someone yeah. just goes like, you just went shit, or no. That, That's telling you nothing. That tells it? you yeah. nothing at all. And if you just go... Loved it, or stuff like that. If someone actually takes the time to use up all 140 characters, then there, there may well be something in there. Yeah. And, and on that, just the final one under this one, maybe the, the darkish side of Untapped revealing its head here. So, and, and this wasn't even in relation to the question that we put out. This happened at the same time. <laughs> Hop stuff are crowdfunding um, to further expand their, their, their brewery. Now, if you've not come across Hop stuff. They're uh, they're still a fairly young startup yeah. based in in Woolwich. Yeah, they're Woolwich, aren't and, they? And they are expanding at, at, at quite a rate. So they're they're looking to invest some money now. They they put this post on Facebook, and somebody came back to their um, Facebook post saying, "If you were making better beer, then you would have my money." But your untapped averages are pretty telling. Not that untapped is the be all and end all, but if you are averaging below three point six, it isn't a good sign. Improve your quality and then ask for funding. Now, I found that quite interesting because the cynical side of me was, well, everything averages out to 3.5 on untapped or over time. It's a 3 point uh, something. Yeah, <laughs> because 
everything. If even if you look at some of the best beers on there, are barely scraping the four. Yeah. So I just I didn't see the point of that comment at all. I, I didn't. It was um, like that, that was someone trolling just based on the untapped. I I, I think so. I, I don't think you should ever use untapped as a justification to do or not to do exactly. something. Yeah. Okay, so we're only at number five. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Yeah, but for all of those folks that have missed us. <laughs> and said, oh, I don't want too short a show. Yeah. <laughs> Be go. careful what you wish yeah. for. This will take so, you for two weeks. Number five was thou shalt use images. And I think we spoke about it quite a lot last year about, you know, should you have a check-in with a picture? Our oh, picture's a bit boring. I stopped doing pictures for quite a while. And then they started introducing the photo badges again. And so I started doing pictures again. And, and we were doing beers of the month. Yeah, so it was handy having that. It was handy because even if I deleted the picture from my phone, it was on my untapped. Yeah, and, and that's interesting in relation to the invisible wall that we had tonight, that when we were discussing it, I said, well, actually, my picture You've got a picture. With the handwritten label. Yeah. So I, I think it's quite nice sometimes to have that photographic ref- record of what, what you've been checking in as well. Yeah, sometimes it is, and also that's one of the things I do. Sometimes I just take a few pictures and then tap them in afterwards. Yeah. Just off the back of the picture. But now with the added thing as well of, and, and, I, and I do, I love this. Obviously Twitter's now increased to 280 characters. Untapped stays at 140. Untapped still at 140. And what that enables is that other 140 characters now will allow your picture. It will allow <coughs> tags of the breweries and locations. Yep. And I think that's great. I love that. Rather than expanding what you can write to 280 characters, they've, they've, they've taken the decision no. Because it means you can put in the as at. Yep. And everything else in location. Basically, Twitter tells you everything without, without having to go to Untapped, which never worked very well from Twitter anyway. It was a really cumbersome yeah. way of doing it. You had to log in all of a sudden. Didn't but you? the one thing that I'd still like <coughs> to be able to do, particularly in relation to the pictures, is just to be able to click on the picture and see it rather yeah. than. Because I get caught out so many times, I click on the picture and then it takes me through to Untapped. And I'm like, oh, oh, damn. I didn't want to go out of Twitter. I just wanted to see the picture. Um, Next one, thou, thou shalt not cover thy location. So we were talking about locations um, and verified venues uh, last year. I think verified venues had, had, had only just been introduced. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we've spoken already this evening about verified venues. We've, I, we've got, I find it useful. We've got a number of them in, in our location. And they've all now got specific badges that are personal to those venues as well. Yeah, so the Ale House and the Victorian, which are the two which I tend to get the most verified badges for, have like cask-related badges or verified ba- venue badges, don't they? Which, I, 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 again, I'm not looking for them, but quite like it when it comes up. Yeah. If I'm being honest. But like I said, the, ver- the verified thing is, is handy. Yeah, and a couple of people commented on the, particularly the location thing as well. So, Ken O'Kelly at Ken Knock. Um, Still use it to log and rate beer, but getting bored of writing reviews. Good for looking up what's being served in pubs and venues and what friends are drinking. Sometimes good to see what's new as well. And then Spick at Spickmaster said, useful to keep track of beers, which I was doing on my phone anyway. Now I also use it to find good venues, particularly abroad. Which is what I was speaking about earlier about my changes, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, 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 
I know people have to pay to be a verified venue, but I have found it a useful addition. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, number seven was, Thou shalt ha- have no other gods before me, brackets beer, um, in which we were talking about, should untapped only be for beer? Curiously, at the time, what did we say? I haven't actually listened back. Because I was trying to work out about that, because I'm, I do have a side every now and again, but a bit like camera, it's supposed to be a beer thing, isn't it? It is supposed to be a beer thing. So it shouldn't be there. And you definitely should be there bit blends. Blends are removed. Good. I, I think. Is that just by Tom? No, but from talking to Tom, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure we were in this position last year, but we've, we've got, obviously, a friend who's a moderator. an moderator. And he will remove certain things that aren't supposed to be on Untapped. Yeah, we've both suffered from that before. We haven't. And if you're a supporter, you can go into your Untapped stats and you can find out which of your check-ins have been removed. Can you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, believe me, Tom's going to get interrogated next time I see him for removing some of my beers. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know why. <laughs> I want 4,000 words in writing. That's as, brilliant. As, as, as to why. So the next one, following on from that, was Thou shall not covet mass disciples. So again, I presume this was uh, countless check-ins, pushing it through to Twitter, pushing it through to Facebook, if I remember correctly. Um, use of untapped in regular company. If other people don't use it, don't spend all day on your phone checking stuff in. I have a comment to make about this. Go on then. Um, and there's a few other comments which were dotted through all of the feedback we got, okay? Generally, people spend time on their phone. Yes. When you're out. I don't really care what they're on, whether it be untapped, Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, texting, whatever. As long as it doesn't break the flow of what I'm doing. So if it's a one-to-one and suddenly you spend five minutes on your phone, fairly much that's broken the flow. Okay? But there's a group of you and one or two of you are doing it. There's probably enough to carry the conversation because Mm. there's enough interaction going on. So to home in on just one aspect of people using the phone, there's a whole load of bollocks to be honest. I don't really care. I don't, I'm not checking to see what they're doing. But if you're my train, I don't care what the <laughs> fuck you do, as long as you do it quietly, whether it be texting, messaging, whatever, I just don't want to know about it. Coming coming soon to a, to a podcast in near you, Martin's Travel Adventures. Um, and on that note. <laughs> and on that note, uh, final thoughts on the Acid Jam, including your flavour notes, because we've still not covered those from what our original ones were. Well, I looked at my untapped earlier, okay. and I just said out in opinions <laughs> on Thursday at 6 Yeah, which is why I've stopped doing that yeah. in untapped. Yeah, and I have to take your point, and that, was a bit, that doesn't really help. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, like I said, those fruity, sour notes come through. Um, but... It's not tart at all, is it? And you no. do get that um, that whiskey and vanilla coming through. The red wine, not so much, but I loved it second time round. What we said first time round was raspberries, woody and complexity, multi finished, lots of dryness and slight sharpness. I don't think there's so much sharpness now. No, I think it's it's, it's balanced out, as it's it? very well rounded. And I think it? if anybody's got a bottle of that still, just leave it for a bit longer because yeah. that's just going to continue to mellow. And it's going to turn into something fucking amazing. And quite a lot different to the first iteration yeah. or the first starting point of it. Absolutely. Um, so we've just poured another beer. Yeah, another one which we had before. Yes, so this is uh, the White Hag Black Boar Imperial Oatmeal Stout, 
which we first had longer ago than I thought <laughs> we, we first had it. We had this back in September 2016. Blimey, that was on, early days for me. On, on, it was the first month that we actually started podcasting <laughs> together, uh, uh, where we released uh, a short series of Irish beer reports. So this was on the very first Irish beer report. And we both said that we thought, um, because we had it fairly fresh. We said it was too young. We thought it was too fresh. We said there was... Everything was in there, but it just wasn't coming out. It needed time. So it's had 18 months. Okay. So, so what do we think 18 months on? Now, obviously, like I said, it's a year and a half ago since we had it. Straight away, this feels just like it's settled and just mellowed a little bit. It's smoothed out. Yeah. There's, there's still a big bitterness right at the end there. Which I actually quite, I quite like the bitterness. Yeah. I think I liked it then, but... I think before the bitterness there wasn't as much going on and now I'm just getting loads of chocolate mm. well going back to what we said on that, that that first show roasted aroma which I think is still I honestly still I'm getting present. a lot less of that harsh finish and a little on the bitter side definitely the bitter no harshness no harshness maybe the bitter's ramped up a little bit uh, and a little bit that we found there was a little bit of an afterburn on it as well from the alcohol at the moment no it's properly rounded out yeah. hasn't it it has smooth but doesn't out. that go to show then but there is definitely a a process which happens yeah like we definitely said that, that was the the big takeaway from that little segment we did then was that that was just a bit too young yeah and like I say 18 months on it's, it's very much come on a bit mm. as, as, as a beer really well rounded at the yeah. moment um, so just going back into to what we was, we was talking about there about not, not coveting mass disciples. Uh, Fnald at Fnald2323, after a comment on one of your live pods, I've made more of an effort to review a beer rather than just check it in. <laughs> I'm glad we've influenced somebody in the way they <laughs> use un- untapped. Um, Rob Dites at Rob underscore Dites uh, now tend to only use it for beers I've never had seldom include photos and sometimes just a couple of words and rating become a harsher judge over time as well cool I've gone the other way <laughs> you have haven't you yeah, yeah. I've become more generous yeah. uh, and then this one which I think we might both uh, agree with Ben Hooper at Who De Hop um, checking in the beer without leaving a little comment is so annoying it's a social media platform your posts are public other users will scan through them looking for some pointers about the beer they are drinking buying use it properly or get off um, I think for the first time I check in a beer I always try to do something not guaranteed depending I try to do something um, and if then when I have it again and it's changed or for better or for worse, I'll try to put the same quantitative as well. Yeah. And he and Ben Hooper's right. I have flipped through a few beers and gone, when's someone going to say something about the beer? Yeah. When is someone going to go from that three and a half mark to saying, I like it, or why it was good or why it was bad? And you go, oh shit, no one's written anything. Sometimes I, I've got to admit what he said there as well. Sometimes I do look at it for pointers as, as well in terms of tasting notes. Some, sometimes I will get a beer and I'm like, I don't know what to say about it and I'll scan through and I'll see what people have said about it and I'll be like oh yeah actually I'm getting a little bit of that unless unless you've chosen a beer which is from a foreign land and everyone's writing in their native tongue you go okay that's no help which is a bit difficult (laughs) yeah Yeah. but things like specifically at the moment 
and I think I've mentioned I've really been enjoying the Stone IPA uh, at the moment, the the, the mid December batch that's yep. out. It, the, I think the first one of those I had, I wrote some notes about, and subsequent ones have just been banging, cracking, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to get the next batch and see if it's and and to have the first one and check it in, check it against that first one of the previous batch just to see if there's any difference in, in, in yeah. the tasting notes. I'm sure you'll do your best. I, I, of course I will. For scientific purposes. For completely give my body to science. <laughs> um, we're almost there folks, we've just got two more to go. Uh, thou shalt live in the moment. Um, so this is including retrospective check-ins and, and time scales around them. Um, we are both guilty of retrospective check-ins yeah, and so I'm definitely less harsh about time so I'm, I'm still within 24, maybe 48 hours at a push. Oh, I've been days. Outside of that, I, I just think that's when I stop pushing to Twitter altogether. It's, even if it's a new beer, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm outside of that window uh, now. It depends on the beer, but I'll, uh, it's after risking spot share sometimes, if I've been on the train at the wrong time and the train is going through a whole load of black spots, it can be another... 48 hours before checking all of this. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of people here that were talking about it being a distraction when you're out with people as well. So uh, a comment from um, at Clayfish, I'm using it less and less, this lazy bastard can't be asked. I also find it distracting to check in when I'm drinking with others. That was echoed by Bob the Beer as well um, in, in terms of saying when you're out drinking, live in the moment sort of, sort of thing. Yeah, but I still maintain people go on their phone. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not saying that you, Clayton, and you, Bob, definitely go on your phone while we're out, but people still go on their phone, so it doesn't matter what it is for me. And there's always a moment where, even if you're not writing substantive notes, you can probably just add it to a list, especially with the list function, if that's what you want to do. If you don't want to do it, then fine. But it's not as if everyone just doesn't put their phone away. Yeah, no, that, and that's true. And I think, you know, we, we, I will be, be guilty of that tomorrow night at Bottle Share as well, where I, I won't be out checking in the beers. But you'll I'll be on your cert- phone. I'll certainly be on my phone scanning them or searching for yeah. them to add to a list exactly. because it will make it easier to check them in the following morning. So, you know, but I, I, do, I do agree. I mean, you know, when me and Clayton were out on, um, on Friday lunchtime, I think between us we checked in one beer each and we had five each yeah. five half so you know we just got into that thing where we just said okay. sometimes it just naturally stays yeah. in your pocket doesn't it I took a picture of the board I knew for lunchtime I know which ones I've had job, job done, done. And, and I seem to have this strange memory where it, even if I'm not checking beers in at the time and I'm checking them in the following morning I can always recall one or two tasting notes which, which I think the morning after the Crimbo Crawl, I was checking in all of my beers <laughs> from the day before with a couple of tasting notes. Apart, someone, apart from the ones that are Rutland Arms. Apart from, yeah, because that never happened. And somebody actually commented, how the hell are you remembering these beers? And I was like, I have no idea. Yeah, I can't remember anything else. Yeah, up until this point, and this window here that was in the Rutland Arms, <laughs> it, it's gone. And the final one. Uh, so thou shalt not commit adultery which was uh, the use of other rating sites which apparently there are other mm. rating sites mm. Mm. The, the, the chaps at Beernomicon helping us out this week by running a very timely poll uh, will the right new rate beer best 100 beers in the world list influence what you drink this year so that was a poll that they ran 
Um, what, yes, did, what did their uh, scores come out? Yes or no. Uh, 89% said no. I, I fed back on it um, and I did comment on, on, on this one as well and I simply said to them, I'm not influenced by that or untapped no. in terms of what other people are checking in. What I'm checking in is my own view on, on, on a certain thing at a time. Um, but it's interesting that, yeah, Rate Beer published the, the 100 breweries in the world and there were quite a lot of UK breweries featuring in the top 10. Well, Cloudwater, I think, came second. Cloudwater was second. Birdmill was best new brewery. Yeah, there, there so, were a lot of UK breweries yeah. had a very good showing in that. So, and, you know, although, although, you know, Rate Beer doesn't really exist for me, congratulations to all of you who did well in it. A- absolutely, yeah. Um, very quickly then, so that, that's our revisit of, of the untapped commandments, yep. which we think are probably still there or thereabouts. A few other comments that we got. There are a lot of people said that they've stopped using it. Who um, probably aren't even worth a mention, to be honest with you. Don't even know who they are. No. Um, Jamie H at Merchant of Shite. Uh, never used it. I'd rather concentrate on the new and sexy beer in front of me than any other people's opinions on it. So the likes of Rape Beer and Untapped remain resolutely unused by me. I have my own nerdy beer list on my phone, but shitface Jamie isn't great at updating that, to be fair. I have nothing to say to that, but I do like the but shitface Jamie in the third person. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love that. And then Nate Nolan at Mr. Drink and Eat said, being a beer lover commentator and have worked in the industry for a few years now, but I've never used it, not even felt tempted to. Maybe I'm missing something, but I'm not sure I'm the only one. So if you've never started, don't. Yeah, just maybe leave it. Don't. Yeah. It's a rabbit hole, like all of these things. Yeah, which nicely segues to the final comment on on this, which is from Chicken Dipper at Salander Graham. I was introduced to Untapped at almost the same time I discovered Decent Beer. They'd gone hand in hand with me all the way down the rabbit hole. I found it a useful way to discover new beers and to keep track of my hobby obsession. I would agree with Chicken Dipper because my first untapped check-in is my first beer boards beer. So I was a beer boards subscriber for the best part of four years and my first untapped check-in, first beer boards beer are the same and always will be. Yeah. And I think we've spoken about that a number of times, yeah. haven't we, insofar as I, I think for me untapped opened up the world of beer. Yeah. Because when, when I had that first craft and I'm doing the comments thing with my Good. fingers beer um, I didn't know what it was no. so I searched for it on Google and the first thing that came up was, was untapped. untapped and I was like ooh what if you did that now would rate beer come up first well who, who knows but that's been as always a fucking great discussion yeah tonight. some fantastic actually to be honest um Loads of comments. Yeah, and we have, and apologies to everyone who we haven't read out. I would have loved to covered every comment. Yeah, but there were getting in excess of sixty odd comments yeah. on this one. There was a lot of comments this week. Yeah, and it was really good to see them all. We did read them all. We just can't read them all out. So we just have to. Sometimes we have to choose the comments that are going to stimulate discussion between us. Yeah, more so than reading out what what what's been put in. But we do appreciate everyone feeding in and make sure you keep doing that keep using the hashtag opinions in the live poll or after the show and we'll continue to um we'll continue to, to include your comments yeah whenever they whenever they come up yeah because because we do have fantastically a section 
just in case there are any comments for you. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. Last week we were talking about um, Odyssey's Kegdon IPA. Yep. And we asked uh, if anybody had any comments, if they'd actually got a chance to try it. And there were a couple of comments that we had in. Um, so this is Mark Young at Marky Monkey Young. Knocked out by the Lurgy for the last week or so, Odyssey KO IPA is the perfect prescription. Take numerous times for four time, numerous times a day for four days. Complete the course. Kegged yesterday, best before Sunday, and tasted amazing on day one at my local. So um, somebody got to try it. Yeah. On, uh, and uh, uh, Miles went on to say that uh, for your information, a keg of Odyssey Bruco KO. Went on sale in Copper's Gospel on Thursday night and it lasted all the way until later on Thursday night. So <laughs> apparently it lasted about two hours. Yeah. And then the final one, this is, we, we spoke last week about uh, Brewdog's Born to Die. Yes. We... It was a bit of a throwaway comment at the time. Yeah. And <coughs> a couple of people picked up on it, didn't, yeah. didn't they? And um, so Janice of um, Irish Beer Snobs uh, said we, her and Wayne were wondering where it had gone to and a few other people were thinking the same, etc. And um, literally before the show, I happened to see a comment. So from uh, Matt Olson, Matt underscore Olson, to Brewdog, been a while since the last release of Born to Die, when will it next be brewed? And so Brewdog, head of engagement, although a fantastic beer, I loved it, it simply did not sell as well as we'd hoped. Rather than continue to release it, we've given it a break and we'll look for ways to improve the concept. We've learned those from brewing it and open to bringing it back, but we haven't decided when or in what format yet. Keep an eye out for a, another Hoppy West Coast IPA coming soon, though. I don't know which what that was. This was back in October. But I completely missed that announcement that so Born to Die yeah. had died. Yeah, and, and I think it's a shame because I think it was, it was a very good beer. I think we spoke briefly before the show that there was maybe a dodgy one in the middle yeah. that, that might have put a few people off, but... It's, it's a shame to have seen that concept disappear. The, I think on the whole, there was more wins than losses. Yeah. If you had to weigh it up on the weighing scales, there was more positives than negatives from Born to Die. Maybe it was their move to putting that last one in a can. Mm, I thought that was all right. Because I I did it start, it started out as eight and a half, didn't it? It did, but I'm, I'm talking visually wise, because you went from a, a 660ml that looked impressive to a 330ml can. True. And the 660ml bomber had the... Embossed, embossed label. Yeah. And the can was just flat. Yeah. It was matte surface. Yeah, it's possible. It was, I think it's a shame. It is a shame. I'd, I'd like to see it. I, I, for one, would like to see yeah, it come back. so would I. I think it was one of the... If you take away the core beers from Brewdog, which I think are still very good, I think it's one of the best ones they did. Yeah, I totally agree. Final thoughts on the, the, the White Hag. What the almost finished? Yes, white high, white hag. I think all the things we hoped it was eighteen months ago are starting to come through. It's what it's become. Yeah, yeah. We definitely had it too fresh. Yeah. Sometimes too fresh is not good, especially when you're talking impy stouts. When you're talking double figures impy stout. Yeah. A few months after it's been released, you can tell what it might be, but it's not what it should be. Absolutely. 
Well, mate, this has been um, a great stumble through some really big beers this evening. <laughs> It's been good though. <laughs> it has been good. And and the listeners have got their wish in our first ever two hour plus show. Yeah. As, as well. More, more Phil, you not. Yes. Yes. Uh, obviously what you wish for. And, uh, exactly. <laughs> and all of that. Um, as always, you can still get in, involved. Yeah. We're <laughs> struggling with the words at the end. Remember, yeah. remember hashtag opinions. You'll always get, uh, we'll always find it. We'll always, um, if it's really good, you'll get a mention. Saved me there. Thank you very much. Um, what's up next time? Do you, do, do you remember? Do you know? Is it start of our crossover? It is. We are. Um, is this a secret crossover which men behaving badly haven't mentioned? It is the, yeah, which they revealed in the worst. Real badly. Yeah, yeah but it was brilliant to listen to <laughs> because clearly they were unsure as to whether they should be saying it, unsaying anything, and then they were too far down the path. So it all <laughs> just came, yeah, it all just came out anyway. Yeah, we're doing a, a crossover with men, behave, men behaving badly. Uh, as with all of our crossovers, we like to do the two part thing where we do their show and our show. So we're going to do one of their guest hours episodes with them. And then they're coming on for opinions. Good luck to them. Good luck to them. And I'm still not revealing what it is we're drinking. No. And um, nor will we. And nor will we until the evening because we want to see the surprise in their little the little whites of their eyes. Or is that the looks of horror? Probably the latter. <laughs> um, but until then, mate, it's been a pleasure as always. Cheers. Cheers. Don't go changing to try and please us. You never let us down before. Don't imagine you're too familiar and we don't listen anymore. We wouldn't leave you in times of trouble. We never could have come this far. We took the good times We'll take the bad times We'll take you just the way you are